This meeting is being recorded. Okay. Good afternoon and welcome to the San Francisco Planning Commission hearing for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. To enable public participation, SFCUF TV is broadcasting and streaming this hearing live, and we will receive public comment for each item on today's agenda. Each speaker will be allowed up to three minutes, and when you have 30 seconds remaining, you will hear a chime indicating your time is almost up. When your allotted time is reached, I will announce that your time is up and take the next person queued to speak. We will take public comment from persons in City Hall first and then open up the remote access line. For those persons participating via WebEx, you'll need to raise your hand when public call, excuse me, when public comment is called for the item you're interested in speaking to. For those persons calling in to test to submit their testimony, you need to call phone number 415-655 0001 and enter access code 2480-349-2149 and then press pound. You will then need to enter a password and for today it is 0202 and then press pound. At this point you should be able to listen to the hearing live. You'll need to wait for the item you're interested in speaking to and for public comment to be announced. In order to comment, you must enter star three to raise your hand. Once you raise your hand, you will hear the prompt, you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. Wait for your turn to speak. When you hear the prompt, you are being asked to unmute yourself. To unmute, press star six. You need to press star six. When you hear you are unmuted, that is your indication to begin speaking. Best practices are to call from a quiet locations. Please mute the volume on your television or computer. For those persons attending live in City Hall, please line up on the screen side of the room. Please speak clearly and slowly, and if you care to, state your name for the record. Finally, I'll ask that we all silence any mobile devices that may sound off during these proceedings. At this time, I would like to take roll. Commission President Tanner. Here. Commission Vice President Moore. Here. Commissioner Braun. Here. Commissioner Diamond. Here. Commissioner Imperial. Here. Commissioner Koppel. Here. And Commissioner Ruiz. Here. Thank you, Commissioners. First on your agenda is consideration of items proposed for continuance. Item 1, case number 2021-006164-CUA at 258 Cumberland Street. A conditional use authorization is proposed for continuance to February 23rd, 2023. Further, Commissioners, under your regular calendar, I received a late request from staff to continue item 11, case number 2019-023037 ENV for the waterfront planned environmental impact report certification one week to February 9th, 2023. I have no other items proposed to be continued, so we should take public comment. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to speak to either item being proposed to be continued. If you're in the chambers, please come forward if you are on WebEx, you need to raise your hand. If you are calling in, you need to press star three. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment on your continuance calendar is closed and it is now before you. Commissioner Imperial. 
Move all items as proposed. Second. Thank you, commissioners, on that motion to continue items as proposed. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously seven to zero, placing us under your consent calendar. All matters listed here under constituted consent calendar are considered to be routine by the Planning Commission and may be acted upon by a single roll call vote of the Commission. There will be no separate discussion of these items unless a member of the Commission, the public, or staff so requests, in which event the matter shall be removed from the consent calendar and considered as a separate item at this or a future hearing. Item 2, case number 2022-005307 CUA for the property at 3936 through 3938 24th Street, a conditional use authorization. Items 3A and B for case numbers 2022-000908-CUA and VAR for the property at 361 Upper Terrace, a conditional use authorization and variance. And item 4 for case number 2022-005541-CUA 855 Gary Street, a conditional use authorization. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to request that any of these items be removed from the consent calendar. You need to come forward if you're in the chambers or press star three if you're calling in. Seeing no request to speak from members of the public, I take that back. You need to press star six to unmute yourself. Yes, good afternoon. I just want to be clear, you had asked if we wanted one of those items removed from consideration, and this is specifically regarding the Upper Terrace property, so we are hoping that we get a chance to speak on that. Yes, in order to do so, you'll need to request that it be removed, and you've just done so, so we will have <laughs> up, Upper Terrace removed from the consent calendar and heard. Um, under, under the regular calendar because yeah, there's really no other no, items. No, the regular calendar <laughs> items, yeah. It's like unusual. It's just looking very unusual today. Okay, very good, sir. So items 3A and B are hereby removed from the consent calendar and will be considered under the regular calendar. And? Um, Last call for members of the public to request any other items be removed from the consent calendar. Seeing none, public comment is closed and your consent calendar is now before you commissioners. Only items two and four. Mr. Coffin? Uh, motion to approve items two and four. Second. Can I? Go ahead. Well, um, we, we received a, uh, an email earlier this morning about possibly amending uh, one of the conditions of approval on item four. In order to do so, we would have to remove it from the consent calendar. So, if you would like to do that, then you can request that. Yes, I'd like to request that we remove item four from the consent calendar. Okay. Hereby removed. So, I take it you will amend your motion to so just item two. Item two on the consent calendar. I will second that Very motion. Very good. Okay, commissioners. On that motion, then, to approve item two on your consent calendar. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, commissioners. That motion passes unanimously seven to zero. And will place us under commission matters for item five, the land acknowledgement. 
Thank you. Today, uh, Commissioner Imperial is going to read our land acknowledgement. Yes, thank you, President Tanner. Um, the Planning Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten the responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all the peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you, Commissioner Imperial. Item six, consideration of adoption draft minutes for January 19th, 2023. Members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on the minutes. You need to come forward if you're in the chambers. You need to press star three if you're calling in. You need to raise your hand if you're on WebEx. You need to press star six to unmute yourself. Hello? Yes. Um, there, when do we... When are we able to comment on 361 Upper Terrace? I feel like as I, as I was watching this, I missed that opportunity. You have not missed that opportunity, ma'am. That item was pulled off of consent and will be considered under the regular calendar coming up very shortly. Okay, so you uh, need to- uh, Today or in a yes, future date? today. So you'll okay, need to raise your you. hand again. Okay, last call for public comment on the minutes. Seeing a request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed and the minutes are now before you. Commissioner Braun. Move to adopt the minutes. Second. Thank you, commissioners, on that motion to adopt the minutes. Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Ruiz. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Koppel. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner. Aye. So move, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously seven to zero. Placing us on item seven, commission comments and questions. Before we open up to comments and questions, I just want to make sure for those who are listening, because the agenda has changed quite a bit today for having not that many items on it when we started. And so for folks who are listening, we're going to hear item that originally was on consent, 3A and 3B, then item four, which was also on consent, 855 Geary, and then we'll move into the discretionary review calendar, and then 800 Terraval will be our last item. So and then we're not hearing item 11, the waterfront plan that's been moved to next week. So if you're here for 361 Upper Terrace or 855 Geary, um, those will be uh, heard uh, on our regular calendar. And with that said, I do just wanna make a few comments. Um, we signed the housing element and, and submitted it to the state and I understand we got a certificate um, from HCD that makes it really official um, that we got the housing element. Correct, they adopted. sent us that Wednesday morning, they officially certified the housing element. Awesome. So we have a housing element that's in effect. Awesome, that's very, very great, very exciting. Yeah. Thank um, you. And just wanna thank the mayor, the board of supervisors, all the many staff and department heads and directors and citizens, um, consultants, so many people who are part of getting us to this point. And even though we had a shortened timeline, I think that somehow actually made us like pull together as a city and like figure out how we could do what's best for everybody. And um, I know it was a lot of work uh, getting to this point and a lot of work going forward, um, but it's really, really quite exciting. 
Um, on a couple other notes, um, Commissioner Diamond and I actually had a tour yesterday at the Stonestown uh, Mall, so it was great to be out there and to get a little more thorough walkthrough of some of the plans. Um, so I just encourage other commissioners, if you want to learn more about the project, it will be coming back, I believe, uh, later this spring. Um, so if you want to get out and have a tour, I think it was well worthwhile to kind of see um, some of the areas where things are, are planned uh, to change. Um, and then lastly, well, two more things, but but one kind of business item. We scheduled last week a closed session for next week, which is going to be the mayor's state of the city from 12 to 1, which obviously we probably can only attend a fraction of that. But I wondered if we might move our closed session to the following Wednesday, or Wednesday, the following Thursday, um, instead of next Thursday, if commissioners are available. If it becomes a scheduling challenge, we can just keep the 9th, but if folks could do the 16th and the city attorney has a conflict so they were wondering if the closed session could begin at 10 a.m on the 16th which would give us maybe some time for lunch and start the, the hearing on time does that work for everyone yes Great. i don't have a problem yeah. okay and i think 10 a.m huh bright and early jonas just making sure i heard that correctly <laughs> thank you city attorney for that <laughs> Thank you. And Commissioner Ruiz, does that work for you? I don't yeah, know. Okay. that works for me. Okay, great. Thank you, Commissioners, for that. And just a final few comments. Um, you know, this yesterday uh, was February 1st, so marks the beginning of Black History Month, so very excited to celebrate that again this year. Um, there are going to be a number of events um, celebrating Black History Month and even some events celebrating the AAPI community and um, the black community coming together. So um, very excited to have, have that this month. But it also comes, you know, just uh, this hearing a week after you know, video was released of Tyree Nichols, um, who died after being beat, to, beat by police um, in Memphis, Tennessee. And so many of us have been troubled by that occurrence, whether you watch the video or not, just knowing what happened um, for me is, is traumatic enough. So we, of course, want to acknowledge um, the loss of life and his family and his relatives who are reeling, but also the many in our, our nation and our community in Memphis um, and here who are suffering and, and bringing up just the challenges we still have around racial justice um, in our nation. And is this commission, you know, after the murder of George Floyd that had our... Um, a resolution really centering the Department on Racial Equity, and so just let it strengthen our resolve that we are committed to racial and social equity. And even his mother, um, really tremendous woman, hoping that something from his death positive comes out. She said she can't imagine that there'd be a reason that he'd be taken other than for something positive and change to come out of his death. And so I think it's on all of us to make sure that happens, whether it's in our professional lives, our here as a commissioners, um, or in our professional lives. So I hope you'll all join me in, in recommitting to that work um, in honor of him and, and all those who have suffered at the hands of uh, police, but also just racial injustice in this country. So thank you for that. Commissioner Moore. Uh, I just wanted to take one second to thank you for your thoughtful words and want to see that we commit each day to racial and social equity. We heard just this morning about other inequity in Washington, D.C., in our government, and all of those things all point in the wrong direction. But what you said to us right now is what we need to focus on, and I very much appreciate that, particularly the work of the implementing the housing element will be a major challenge. It will require everybody in the planning department to wa walk around with their sleeves rolled up every day. And we are here to support that and hope we can constructively work with each other to really deliver. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Moore. Are there any other commissioner comments or questions? Future agenda items. 
If there are not, Commissioners, if you would indulge me for one moment to discuss a future uh, hearing agenda item. Um, uh, I'll get into the Historic Preservation Commission hearing yesterday that talked about the Castro Theater, but at the same time under Commission matters, we discussed about um, the possibility of a joint hearing, again, for the Castro Theater entitlements. And um, due to conflicts by, um, uh, I guess, maybe a member or two of the Historic Preservation Commission, it is currently scheduled to be heard by them on March 15th. And for you to hear it on March 16th, I believe, is the correct dates. But in any case, yes, that's right. Um, we wanted to hold a joint hearing for those to be heard together, and so we were looking at April 13th. So if you could take a look at your calendars, and I'll, I'll get clarity from you all um, later. We don't have to commit to that today, but if you could look at April 13th, maybe at a 10 a.m. start time, and we, would be, we anticipate basically clearing <coughs> the agenda for just that matter. Um, so anyway. Would this be in lieu of the March hearings or in addition in, to? In lieu of the March okay. hearings. Yeah, so on March 15th, the Historic Preservation Commission would continue that item to April, and then you would do the same on March okay. 16th. Yeah. Great, thank you. Commissioners, so if there are no further questions or comments, we can go uh, move on to item eight for case number 2021-00-9977-CRV for remote hearings. Commissioners, this will be the last time we request that you um, uh, adopt this resolution that would allow um, remote hearings if necessary. Um, March 1st, we will be going back to the future, so to speak. And um, regardless of any COVID-related illness or other illness, you will uh, not be able to attend remotely. Um, if you're out of town, the same. Uh, you are all able to submit to the Department of Human Resources a request for a, um, if you have a disability for, um, what is it called? A reasonable accommodation. Um, but besides that, um, it is expected for you all to attend in person. So public comment on item eight for remote hearings. Seeing no members of the public requesting to speak. Public comment is closed, and this resolution is before you now. Just one question, maybe we haven't thought about this. When we go, we're, we're all um, in person, will we use WebEx still as our means for members of the public to call in, or we'll just use the old-fashioned phone? Like, what so, we so the platform for WebEx is still available to us. Um, the interesting thing is, is each commission can decide on its own whether or not to continue uh, the ability for members of the public to attend remotely. So uh, you could decide starting March 1st to require that all members of the public attend in person to submit their testimony. I, I leave it to you, that, but, but. I, think, I think it would be difficult to to take that back. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. And despite the improvements, WebEx seems to still be working pretty good as a platform. I mean, knock on wood, I'm, I am, to be honest with you, shocked that it, we haven't had it crash once in this entire yeah. Oh, now you period. said that in the hearing chambers too. I said oh knock gosh, on wood. I said on. knock on come wood on. as I knocked on wood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think it's great to continue allow public comment um, via remote access and, and thanks for the reminder. Uh, are there any motions on this resolution or other questions? Commissioner Imperial. Move to approve the resolution. Second. 
Thank you, Commissioners. On that motion to adopt the resolution to continue allowing remote hearings when necessary. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commission President Tanner? Aye. So moved, Commissioners. So moved unanimously seven to zero. Having said that, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if some form of legislation amended the Brown Act and things to allow for that to happen in the future. I mean, it just seems to make sense. Anyway, moving right along, commissioners, um, department matters, item nine, director's announcements. Uh, just on the housing element to follow up, you may have read in the paper that we, you know, we did get certified, but we did have a project come in to, to attempt a builder's remedy project. It was the one you've heard uh, in the past on 17th Street, but we had a certified housing element, so builder's remedy was not relevant. And you know, we were one of only a handful of jurisdictions in the Bay Area that did get certified in time, so thank you all for adapting and you know, modifying the timeline and for your, your leadership on this, so thank you. Okay, item 10, review of past events at the Board of Supervisors. I don't believe there's a report for the Board of Appeals and the Historic Preservation Commission. Commissioners, good afternoon. Dan Sider with department staff here, <clears throat> here on behalf of Aaron Starr. It's been, I think, 16 years since I gave you a board report, so forgive me if I'm a little rusty. Uh, on Monday at the Land Use Committee, uh, an ordinance sponsored by supervisors, <clears throat> Dorsey Mandelman and Engardio was heard. Uh, this is an ordinance that you heard on the 12th of last month, uh, an ordinance that would allow entertainment on certain properties on 11th Street and Folsom Street, generally in the leather LGBTQ cultural district. Um, Monday's hearing was the second and final land use hearing on this. It has now advanced to the full board with a positive recommendation. Three items of note from Tuesday's full board meeting. Firstly, Supervisor Peskin's ordinance to allow a new grocery store on Polk Street by addressing non-residential use sizes uh, in that neighborhood passed on second read. Uh, secondly, the mayor's reappointment of Commissioner Lydia So to the Historic Preservation Commission did pass. Congratulations to Commissioner So. Um, last but not least, as the director just mentioned, of course, we now have a certified housing element. Uh, the board did uh, approve this on second read. The mayor signed it immediately. We transmitted it to the HCD. And at 7.57 on Wednesday morning, we're informed that our housing element is certified. Um, that's all I have for you, commissioners. Happy to answer any questions. Commissioner Moore has a question. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Sider, could you give us a quick rundown of who the con new committee appointees are? I think when the board changes, the board president change, you make new appointments. Is there any list out that we could share? I, we will share that list with you later this afternoon. The land use committee is chaired by Supervisor Melgar and joined by Supervisors Pe uh, President Peskin and Supervisor Preston. The thank rest you. we'll get to you later today. Great, thank you. And on land use, that's the same. But that's the same, yeah. Same group that was there before, so it's consistent. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, as stated, there is no report from the Board of Appeals, but the Historic Preservation Commission did meet yesterday. Um, and I blame myself for not starting the hearing sooner, but we started at a normal time. And 
took up only the matter of the Castro Theater, landmarking, specific character-defining features, and the um, police commission has this same chamber on Wednesdays at 5.30, so we had to actually switch rooms, but ultimately we got through the hearing, we took all the public comment, um, and the commissioners, um, the Historic Preservation Commissioners adopted a recommendation to the Board of Supervisors to landmark the character-defining features, including the slope um, floor and uh, fixed chairs, so, or fixed seats. Thank if you. there are no questions, commissioners, we can move on to general public comment. At this time, members of the public may address the commission <coughs> on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission except agenda items. With respect to agenda items, your opportunity to address the commission will be afforded when the item is reached in the meeting. Each member of the public may address the commission for up to three minutes. When the number of speakers exceed the 15-minute limit, general public comment may be moved to the end of the agenda. Uh, good afternoon, Georgia Shudish. Uh, I wanted to respond to some of the comments during the Rivera Street hearing from last week. Um, the demo calc matrix is an easy way to translate what the drawings of the design on the plan show. These design issues are the purview of the planning department and are intended to show the scope of a project, including what of the existing structure will be removed and what will be retained for an alteration project. A demo calc matrix is math. And given that architects and engineers are highly educated professionals who need to be very good in math to get the licenses that allow them to put their official stamp on the plans for an alteration that the planning department reviews, the department should be able to assume the information provided on the plans in the drawings and is translated by the demo calc matrix is trustworthy and reliable. It's not absurd. It's not complicated. It should be a straightforward and honest process. This is one thing to review an alteration project, a speculative alteration project, on the back end when it has become a demolition, but is another when it comes first to the department as a demolition. The project on the back end may be an unfortunate waste of everyone's time, but even more unfortunate is the loss of existing sound housing. How would the commission have reacted to over 50 projects applying as demolitions in Noe Valley, the epicenter of de facto demolition? At least 50 alteration projects that should have been reviewed by the commission as demolitions in the past decade, speculative projects, some with two units, like the one on 21st Street that sold for millions of dollars, causing the loss of financially accessible housing and rental housing. How many alterations that are really demolitions with the same losses can be found in other neighborhoods, like the one on Rivera Street? How would neighbors have reacted if projects had applied as demolitions rather than alterations, mostly speculative projects that were rarely DR'd? It is unfortunate that the demo calcs were never adjusted even one time since 2009 to make the process more straightforward and honest as intended. Here's what I just said for everyone here, please. Thank you. And here's my 150 words of what I said for the minutes. Thank you very much. Happy Groundhog Day. Take care. <laughs> okay, last call for general public comment. Again, if you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no additional requests to speak, commissioners, General public comment is closed.
and we can move on to your regular calendar. Item 11 has been continued one week to February 9th, but we do have two items that were pulled off of consent, the first being items 3A and B for case numbers 2022-00908, CUA and VAR for the property at 361 Upper Terrace. You will consider the conditional use authorization and the acting zoning administrator will consider the request for variance. Uh, commissioners, this is the first time that Brandon Gunn is before the commission. Welcome, Brandon. He joined us uh, originally as an intern in the summer of 2021. Uh, he went to school at Clemson, at Clemson University, where he authored his uh, graduate student in historic preservation. He authored his thesis on waterfront development in historic Charleston, South Carolina. He joined us permanently of, in June of 2022 as a preservation tech specialist and currently serves in the current planning division in districts one and two. So welcome, Brandon. Thank you, welcome, Mr. Thank Gunn. you, Rich, for that introduction. Uh, commissioners, nice to meet you all. Uh, of course, Brandon Gunn here, planning staff. Uh, the item before you is a request for conditional use authorization to allow for an increase in roof height and expansion of a rear deck that results in a rear yard of less than 45% loft depth within the Corona Heights Large Residence Special Use District. The subject property is located on the west side of Upper Terrace within the Corona Heights neighborhood. The subject property is a steeply downward sloping lot in excess of 25% with a width of 29 feet and depth of 85 feet. At the front of the property, the site is developed with a garage that can accommodate two vehicles and a small courtyard that borders the adjacent property to the north, 365 Upper Terrace. The primary mass of the building is behind these features and the remaining portion of the lot contains natural vegetation. The lot totals 2,425 square feet in size and is located in an RH3 residential house, three family zoning district and a 40X height and bulk district. The surrounding neighborhood predominantly consists of one, two and three story buildings, also on downward sloping lots containing one or two residential units. The adjacent parcel to the north or 365 Upper Terrace is a one-story single-family residence that is on a similar lot with a building depth of 60 feet. The adjacent property to the south, 357 Upper Terrace, is a one-story five-unit residential building with a depth of 46 feet. The project proposes to raise the existing roof height by approximately three feet and demolish and reconstruct the rear decks, expanding the lowermost deck by approximately four feet into the rear yard. Interior renovations throughout are also proposed. Since the initial submittal and in response to department comments, the project has made the following modifications. At the rear of the property, the project sponsor has removed a horizontal addition that would have resulted in an approximately 350 square foot increase in conditioned space, along with the enlargement of the ground floor, ground floor rear deck. As far as support and opposition, the department has received to date correspondence from two neighbors, both in support of the project with none against. The department finds the project is on balance consistent with the objectives and policies of the general plan. The proposed alterations have been contextually designed with regard to site specific conditions and will improve access to open space to a rear yard that is currently largely unusable. The overall scale, design and materials of the proposed alterations are consistent with the subject block and complement the neighborhood character with a contextual yet contemporary design. 
The department also founds, finds the property to be necessary, desirable, and compatible with the surrounding neighborhood and not detrimental to persons uh, or adjacent properties in the vicinity. Thank you. Project sponsor, you have five minutes for a presentation. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, I was not expecting to speak, so apologies for that. Um, I am, my name is Amy Lee, and my firm 3S has been working with the owners, Alan and Andrea Austin, and the project um, architect, Kevin Zeller, on the proposed project. Andrea and Alan purchased the home as a place to raise a family. They have a young child and a place for their parents to stay when they're visiting. Um, I'm going to try to do just like this. Are we winging it? Does it work? And I think you. I ha think you have the photos um, in Could your you packet. Could you try to um, zoom out just a little bit on the screen? We can see your whole. If you want us to see your whole image. Oh. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> the project is located directly adjacent to two sister buildings of the same design and construction date. The existing building is sited so that it responds strongly to that portion of the block pattern, streetscape, building heights, massing, scaling, dwelling counts. The project sponsor proposes a systems upgrade and a remodel to a single-family dwelling unit. The design is intent of the project includes the following. One, develop a usable yet contextual rear yard open space with quality architecture draw from and reinforce the existing context, and three, minimize potential effects on immediately adjacent buildings and respond sensitively to the slope rear yard. The project requires a conditional use authorization because it proposed to increase the rear height of the building of a, an existing legal non-compliant portion of the building by approximately three feet in the Corona Heights large residential special use district. The current deck is about 110 square feet of unusable space, as well as the backyard is fairly unreasonable given the slope. Um, the net increase of this new deck would be 60 square feet so that they could use it more for family-friendly um, uses. Um, the project requires an, a variance because um, from the zoning administrator, due to work being um, within the required rear yard, um, the property is already in with the deck out four feet ex in the existing rear yard as well as it, as it is. Um, let me see, show 11, just, sorry. The project is necessary and desirable and compatible with the neighborhood. The project does not expand the building's livable area, so there is no net gain of existing, uh, no net gain of building square footage. Per the planning code, uh, the building is already legally non-complying at 3,237 square feet. The policy intent of the 3,000 square foot threshold in the Corona Heights Lance large residence is to regulate monster homes. This is not a concern here as the property was already existing. Um, the architecture and design are contemporary yet contextual. The building massing is largely unchanged and continues the existing neighborhood character. Most of the lots in the block possess sloped rear yards with structures facing either upper terrace, like the project, or downslope properties facing Ashbury and Clayton Streets. The opposing properties are separated by steeply up or downsloping rear yards. The building and decks massing and visual impact is sensitively reduced through the employment of a modest scale development, which we work closely with the residential design advisory team to achieve, and we thank planning department staff for that work. Three neighbors have provided letters of support, and we're not aware of any opposition. The owners met with the neighbors as well as um, Upper Terrace group, neighborhood group, and um, the architect also 
conducted a pre-app meeting. So we hope that um, this commission will approve this project. We believe the project is necessary and desirable. Um, it will certainly allow for a family, a growing family, to remain in San Francisco. Thank you so much. We're here to answer any questions. Okay, members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Okay, seeing no members of the public in the chambers, we'll go to our remote callers. Again, you need to press star six to unmute yourself. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, my name is Shelley Sutherland. I live at 340 Upper Terrace across the street from 361. And um, I, first I want to say we have a pretty active uh, neighborhood group. And there's uh, several of us on this call right now that will be commenting and asking questions. And, uh, the first I ever heard about this was in December, excuse me, in uh, January, I'm sorry. And I didn't see any anything mailed out that there were meetings, so sorry for being late on this, because um, I hear that you have some support and no uh, response that there's negative comment, but um, my, my, my view will be affected by that three-foot increase. I know that we cannot protect views here, so my question for the uh, architects and if the owners are in the building, um, it, it was originally a 2,600 square foot house, and um, you're going to, excuse me, it was a 2,400 square foot house, and you're going to, I think, 33 or 3,400? Um, that sounds like because you're, and I looked at the plans because you're adding that whole upper level. Um, is, I mean, the, the level that was there before was a loft space. My question is, is this something that you're, the seller, the owners of this property really, really need to do? They need to add that additional 1,000 square feet um, because the, the height is uh, something that I, I question. Okay, let's go to the next caller. <clears throat> yes, good afternoon. Uh, am I being heard at the moment? You are. Great, thank you. Uh, commissioners, thank you for giving us time to voice our opinions here and our thoughts and questions. And to uh, Shelley Sutherland's point, I don't recall ever getting anything in the mail, but okay, that's water under the bridge. Let's talk about what's being put forward here. Um, there, there's been a lot of construction in our neighborhood lately, uh, stairway across the street. This particular house has been under construction at least two previous times. No owners have moved in. The, the project is the, 
the first owner, I think, had it for six years, and maybe it was a Russian oligarch or, I don't know, some foreign dignitary that never planned to move in. So weeds and trash and everything else was up against the house. Then it came in for a remodel. Somebody obviously bought it. Nobody moved in. We had the same problem. So this house has really become sort of a, I don't know, kind of the eyesore of the neighborhood, so to speak. So architect, uh, Ms. Lee, I appreciate your thoughts on wanting to make it more beautiful. We appreciate that. Um, the additional three foot height, uh, however, as I understand it, is a variance. And variances, as I also understand it, go against regulations. And as I looked at the plans, basically we're taking a living room view that had, you know, 10 foot floor to ceiling windy, windows and making them 14 feet. Well, I can't imagine that really is gonna enhance their situation, and it's certainly going to detract from those of us that live here and have to look at that. What, what you may not know is that a key part of the purchase decisions, and Ron, I know you're on the phone, hopefully you'll get to speak next, but people have purchased the houses on the other side of the street, which is where I live, which is well, where Shelley lives, which is where Ron lives, that because we have a view, a special view, of the Golden Gate Bridge. By raising this up three feet, we're gonna lose that view in some places altogether and diminish that view in other places. And so it may be great, and this family sounds lovely, and I can't wait to meet them, but back to Shelley's question, is it really necessary to go up the three feet? The, the deck in the back doesn't affect any of us on this side of the call, so, you know, have fun with that. But the three feet going up really, really is detrimental to those of us that live there. I've lived there 29 years, and part of the reason I bought the house was because of that view, and now that's being threatened. Thank you for your time. Hello, this is uh, Ron Morita. I live in uh, 342 Upper Terrace, so across the street um, from uh, from the property. And I would I would just like to echo the, the, the comments and sentiments that you know I, I know that three feet sounds very small and incremental, but it would effectively um, eliminate. Uh, a significant part of my view of, of the hate and and one of the challenges is that the um, property is so close that it really creates a, a view of a big big roof instead of, of the, the neighborhood which is what I bought the house for um, I just bought the house in in August and so to be um, to have the view you know significantly altered uh, so soon would be, well, in fact, at all, is um, really something that, that I would, uh, would, would uh, like to, um, you know, recommend that the, the variance not be accepted. Uh, I know three feet sounds, sounds, you know, very marginal, but it does have a, a disproportionate effect because of the proximity to my house. So, um, so with that, I'd, I'd respectfully ask that, that the variants and that the architect look at other alternatives to, to achieve you know, the type of feeling 
Um, I do, I, you know, I looked at the plans and, and they are attractive. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but if there's another creative way, you know, I, I guess I'll challenge the, the architect to look creatively to, to create the, you know, similar effect without, without impacting um, the neighbors. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Last call for public comment. Again, if you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely and have not spoken yet, please press star three or raise your hand via WebEx. Seeing no additional requests to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed. And this matter is now before you. Commissioner Koppel. Uh, yeah, I don't see any uh, super extenuating circumstances to warrant not approving this. So I'll make a motion to approve the Seaway. Second. I don't see other comments. I'll just make a comment. Thanks to the architect for working with the neighbors. Um, sounds like you worked at least with your adjacent neighbors, so we would appreciate that. And we received their letters of support. Um, as those who called and stated, views are not protected by this body, private views. And so I will be uh, second the motion, be supporting this motion today. Thank you. Seeing no additional requests to speak from commissioners, there is a motion that has been seconded to approve with conditions on that motion. Commissioner Braun. Aye. Commissioner Ruiz. Aye. Commissioner Diamond. Aye. Commissioner Imperial. Aye. Commissioner Koppel. Aye. Commissioner Moore. Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner. Aye. So move, Commissioners, that motion passes unanimously 7 to 0. Acting Zoning Administrator would say you. Thank you. Good afternoon, President Tanner and members of the Commission. I'm Tina Tam, Acting Zoning Administrator. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close public hearing for this item. And based upon the revised plans, I'm, I intend to grant the variance with standard conditions of approval. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Acting Zoning Administrative Commissioners, that'll place us on item four for case number 2022-005541-CUA at 855 Gary Street, a conditional use authorization that was also pulled off of consent. Hello, President Tanner, Planning Commission, Charles Enschel, Planning Department staff. Um, I'd like to start with uh, the email that your commission received this morning. Um, to clarify, uh, that email included uh, a revised motion deleting condition number seven, and that condition uh, was related to car share parking. Um, earlier today, uh, we received word from the Zoning Administrator's office that uh, car share spaces are not applicable to EV charging locations or fleet charging uses um, such as would apply to uh, uh, your typical parking use or accessory parking, um, uh, which is why you received that revised motion. Um, um, would the commission like a brief presentation or uh, is that enough clarification? I think some commissioners just want to uh, maybe a refresher and just to further clarify the, the, um, the requested change, if you can. Um, yes, so. Okay. So 2022-005541CUA uh, is a conditional use authorization for fleet charging use. Um, this is a change of use limited to the second floor of an existing parking garage 
and uh, the change of uses from public parking garage and automotive use uh, retail to fleet charging and automotive use non-retail. Um, and the existing parking spaces at this level will remain unchanged. Um, the private parking garage at the basement and upper levels similarly will not change in parking count. Um, uh, planning department staff has uh, found that the project uh, qualifies for a common sense exemption uh, due to no change in parking requirements. Um, as the commission is aware, uh, planning code amendments uh, were uh, approved by your commission on November 10th. Um, those amendments are pending in committee. Um, we, we don't have a date for when those amendments will go into effect. Um, this application was submitted in June 2022, um, and it has been ready for the planning commission, um, which is why we decided to add it to your calendar. Um, if you have any questions, um, I'm here, and the applicant, RJR, is also here. Great, thank you. Project sponsor, you have a five-minute presentation if you need it. Good afternoon, Commissioners. Justin Zucker from Ruben Junius and Rose here on behalf of the applicant. Um, we're here for any questions, or if you, we have a small presentation, if you'd like, we're happy to prepare it, or we're ready and available if there are any questions regarding that edit. If any commissioners are interested in the presentation, we can have it, but just let them know. Otherwise, we can look at the amended information we received. Don't see anyone jumping for it, but thank you again for thank being prepared and available. Indeed. Um, members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in, you need to press star three. If you're on WebEx, you need to raise your hand. Seeing no request to speak, commissioners, public comment is closed, and this matter is now before you. Thank you, Commissioner Braun. Uh, I move to approve with the amendments uh, to the conditions. Second. Very good, commissioners, on that motion to approve with conditions as amended. Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So move, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously seven to zero. Commissioners, that will place us under your discretionary review calendar. For item 12, case number 2022-000367-DRP for the property at 379 Eureka Street. This is a request for discretionary review. Hi, good afternoon, commissioners. David Winslow, staff architect. The item before you is a public initiated request for discretionary review of building permit application number 2021.1217.4661 to construct a three-story rear horizontal addition to a three-story uh, one-family building. The existing building is a Category B, age-eligible resource, built in 1914. The DR requester Ludovico Mazzola of 4142 21st Street, the neighbor to the south, is concerned that the project will affect light, air, and his privacy and block access to the mid-block open space. His proposed alternatives are to scale back to two stories and provide side setbacks per the illustrative diagram in the residential design guidelines on page 27. 
To date, the department has received no letters in support and no letters opposing the project. Staff supports the project as it both conforms to the building, uh, the planning code as well as the residential design guidelines. Uh, the massing of the addition moderates the scale at the rear per the residential design guidelines. Um, and examples of that are on page 25 through 27 with a five foot side setback at the second floor and a seven foot side setback at the third floor against the southern neighbor facing uh, the DR requester. The rear wall, furthermore, the rear wall of the proposed project does not extend beyond the rear wall of the adjacent neighbor uh, to, the, to the north. The third floor is also stepped back five and a half feet from the second floor, um, and the first floor level is at, um, at or below the existing fence height. Um, the addition is more than 40 feet to the north uh, and downhill of the DR requester, such that neither light nor privacy will be significantly affected. Therefore, um, the proposed massing of this project transitions between the shorter neighbors and this key lot condition um, and the deeper neighboring buildings in an exemplary fashion and staff sees no exceptional or extraordinary circumstances and recommends not taking DR and approving. Thank you. Okay, DR requester, you have a five minute presentation. You need to press star six to unmute yourself. Mr. Mazzola, are you with us? I've sent you an unmute request. Someone raised their hand, but I don't know if they unmuted themselves. You need to press star six to unmute yourself, sir. Can you hear me? We can. You have Hello? five minutes. Yes. Apologies for the delay. There was there was a little bit of a of a lag there. Uh, my name is Ludovico Mazzola. Thank you in advance to David Winslow and the Planning Commission for their time. I have lived at 4142 21st Street since the beginning of 2004. My property is perpendicular to the proposed project. I share a fence with the proposed project and would be directly impacted. At the forefront of my concerns is the scale of the proposed house and specifically how it will directly impact my family's privacy, light, and air. The expansion of the building on the second and third floor first quickly changed the light we received and the decks on the first and second floors and the addition of new windows will take away our privacy. The size, scale, and position of the proposed expansion will create an oppressive presence and locked-in feeling for the neighboring homes. It has always been my understanding that the city's allowance for expanding a home back and up equals the average of the neighboring properties. In this case, 385 Eureka and 373 Eureka, and the proposal for 379 Eureka seems to far exceed this. What's more, given 379 Eureka's position on the block and its relationship to the neighboring properties, it would require mid-block open space considerations for light and air, which the proposal does not seem to account for. I hope that the Commission will seriously consider these concerns and require that the expansion of 379 Eureka be in line with the average of the neighboring homes and respects the mid-block open space. Thank you. If that concludes your presentation, 
project sponsor, you have five minutes. Good afternoon. I'm Richard Tarlov, and this is my wife, Janet Tarlov. Uh, we are the property owners at 379 Eureka, where we've lived for the past 26 years. We are proposing a rear addition. To explain the details of that, I'd like to introduce Catherine Carr, our project designer. Hi, my name is Catherine Carr, and um, I'm the project designer. Um, uh, thank you, can Lou, you speak Rico, into the microphone a little bit? Your Man, can you speak yet yeah, more into the microphone? Sorry. That's great. Thank you. Thank. Whoops. I'll just take this off. Um, thank you for expressing uh, your concerns, and thank you, David, because David just did a great um, description. So some of it might be repetitive, but uh, today we followed the planning process and conformed to the planning guidelines. The clients had um, started the process by meeting both adjacent neighbors, and then we completed a preliminary project review meeting with the planning department and adjusted the plans per their guidelines. After the adjustments were made, there was further meetings with the neighbors, and then later we sent out a pre-app and held a Zoom meeting for all the neighbors. And then lastly, we requested a mediation meeting with the DR filer, Ludovico, who just spoke, on 21st Street, and I'd like to state for the record that he did not um, reach out or express concerns at any point until filing the DR. Um, I'd like to walk you through the slides. This is the first slide. Uh, note that the Eureka Street is and 21st Streets are both sloping uphill. Note that the DR filer, who has um, the adjacent neighbor, Patrick, are both uphill. The DR filer is one floor higher, and the Eureka neighbor is a half a floor higher. Note that the arrows and the sun direction shows that there are no shadows, no loss of light cast on the neighbors. And then I have a second slide here. On the second slide, note that the, um, the 21st Street neighbor, the DR filer, has a clear, unobstructed rear yard view while the proposed second floor extends only five feet six past his property line, it doesn't extend past the neighbor to the north. Uh, think of it also as a first floor due to his property being a full floor higher. His unobstructed rear yard provides light, air, and access to the mid-block space. Uh, note on this slide that the uphill neighbor adjacent to the property um, has an extra wide, 32-foot wide, clear, unobstructed rear yard for over 135 feet. This unobstructed rear yard also provides light, air, and access to the mid-block open space. We've addressed any privacy concerns with clear story windows on the third floor and setting back the structure two feet more than the planning department had initially suggested. Here's a section. Uh, that's a, just a brief section, in it, um, which also shows the change in grade as well as the proposed setbacks. Okay. On the fourth slide, note that the slide 
that the proposed project is not extending into the 45-year rear yard setback. Um, so while there's discussion of averaging, note that in fact the second floor is set back from the additional, um, an additional 18 feet past beyond the, what's required for the 45%, so we're well beyond, we haven't even reached that point. Here's a rough uh, massing sketch, and it further shows that the uphill neighbor is one, uh, the uphill neighbor is a half floor higher, and the proposed addition, um, so uh, let's see, and then here's one that sort of shows a little bit of the massing. Anyway, to conclude, we've um, designed the project in a responsible manner. We followed all the planning guidelines and further adjusted the plans to address the neighbor's initial concerns. We have been told that this project conforms with the planning guidelines and maintains the mid-block open space. Thank you for your time. Great. Thank you. Um, members of the public, this is your opportunity to address the commission on this matter. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three, or if you're in WebEx, raise your hand. Seeing no requests to speak, we'll go to our remote callers. No signal request to speak in the chambers. We'll go to our remote callers. Hi there. This is Richard Craddock. I'm a neighbor to uh, the Tarlovs. I'm here with my wife, Trina. I did uh, submit an email yesterday to the commission, uh, which I hope you got, in support of this project and just wanted to comment briefly. Um, we're big fans of the project. We've lived at our house for about 12 years. Uh, this project seems like a uh, great improvement to uh, the home in question and also to the neighborhood. It's worth uh, pointing out that the Tarlovs have done a really good job of uh, being transparent with their plans, uh, seeking uh, meetings with neighbors, seeking comments and concerns, and, um, and in fact addressing uh, one or two of our concerns uh, early on. Uh, so once again, just want to express our support for the project. Thanks so much. Okay, last call for public comment. Seeing no additional requests to speak, uh, DR requester, you have a two-minute rebuttal. Again, you need to press star six to unmute yourself. There you go. I have no further comment. Thank you. Thank you. Project sponsor, you have a two-minute rebuttal if you want it. Fantastic. Commissioners, that closes the public hearing portion, and this matter is now before you. Thank you. Commissioner Moore? Uh, given the very thoughtful presentation of this project, I do not see anything exceptional and extraordinary. I'd like to actually that the commissioners see how thoughtful this is described. Uh, anybody who wants to see this even as a layperson on the web would understand what's implied here. I want to express my thank you to the architect for spending this extra time, and I move to approve. Second. Seeing no further deliberation from commissioners, there is a motion that has been seconded to approve, to not take DR and approve the project as proposed. On that motion, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? 
Aye. And Commission President Tanner. So moved, Commissioners. A motion passes unanimously, seven to zero. And as such, we needed those two items being pulled off of consent to get us to our two o'clock calendar. So, um, our two o'clock calendar, item 13, case number 2022-001838 CUA for the property at 800 Terravel Street. This is a conditional use authorization. And commissioners, if you bear with me for one moment, we received a request to interpret this item into Cantonese, Mandarin, and Spanish. If you are joining us remotely and would like to listen to item number 13 for 800 Terravel uh, in Cantonese, you'll need to call area code 415-906. 4659 and enter conference ID 3300648358 pound. Uh, alternatively, you can watch it at https forward slash forward slash bit.ly planning 0202 Cantonese. In Mandarin, you need to call 415 nine zero six four six five nine and enter conference ID eight five seven two zero one five five one pound and you can watch it at https bitly planning zero two zero two Mandarin in Spanish you need to call four one five nine zero six four six five nine enter conference ID seven zero two zero six zero zero one five pound and to watch it again https bitly planning 0202 spanish if you are joining us in person headsets are available on the table by the door sfgovtb will be scrolling these phone numbers and urls at the bottom of their broadcast screen for the duration of this item for the benefit of interpreters, I request we all speak clearly and slowly to allow for translation in real time. When it is time for public comment, those persons listening in on Teams will need to call into the WebEx number to submit their public testimony. I will now ask that this information be translated into Mandarin, Cantonese, and Spanish. There is a microphone here for the interpreters if you could approach here and read translate this um, and before you get started I just wanted to send a big shout out to my staff for organizing all of this because if it was surely left up to me I would have screwed it up Terrabelgeo 
Mandarin, M-A-N-D-A-R-I-N. 如果您是亲自来此参加呢，门口桌子上有耳机。SFGOVD TV 呢，也会将本项目呢进行时，在屏幕下方啊会滚动的播放这些电话号码和网址。为了口译员的顺利翻译，我要求大家说话要清楚一点，慢一点。以便于同步翻译。当公众评论的时候呢，那些通过 Teams 收听的人，需要打电话到 WebEx 来发表公正、公众证词。而家系讲系项目十三。檔案號碼二零二二零零一八三八 UC CUA 八八 Telwell Street， 我哋咧係收到咧係有呢個翻譯嘅申請，呢、這個項目咧係將會係有廣東話、國語同埋西班牙話嘅翻譯。如果咧，你哋係喺網上參加呢一個嘅公聽嘅會議，同時咧，你哋係想係咧聽呢一個嘅項目十三八八 Telwell Street 嘅話咧，如果你哋係聽廣東話嘅話咧，就係、是、可以打四一五九零六四六五九，輸入會議號碼三三零零六四八三五井字。如果咧你哋係要係誒觀看呢一個嘅聽證會嘅話咧，就係可以咧係誒睇係 https 誒誒 dot slash slash bit dot ly slash planning p l a n n i n g 零二零二 cantonese c a n t o n e s e 啊。如果咧你哋係誒親自係參加呢一個嘅會議嘅咧，誒我哋咧係有喺誒提供呢一個嘅耳機啦，誒就係俾你哋係聽呢一個嘅全日嘅服務嘅，嗰個耳機咧就係擺喺嗰個台誒上邊嘅，啊咁啊呢個嘅三藩市誒官方嘅誒。電視啦 ，SF God 誒 TV 啦，屏幕上邊咧亦都會係顯示呢一個嘅電話號碼，同時咧喺屏幕下面咧亦都會顯示呢個項目進行嘅時間嘅。咁咧為咗係保障係啊呢一個嘅翻譯員咧能夠係清楚係翻譯誒今日嘅會議啦，誒我咧係要求咧係大家咧係發言嘅時候咧係講得清楚啲，同埋係慢啲。咁咧係以便咧係翻譯員能夠係做呢一個實時嘅翻譯。咁到咗呢一個公眾發言嘅時間啦，啊誒，如果咧係透透過呢個 Teams 誒嘅聽眾啦，佢哋想發言嘅話咧，佢哋係需要打呢一個嘅誒電話去入去呢個 Webex， 咁就然後咧係去發言嘅。多謝 ，Thank you。Buenas tardes. Estamos abiertos para comentarios públicos. Cada persona se le permitirá tres minutos para hablar. Cuando quedan treinta segundos, van a oír una campanita indicando que ya casi se termina su tiempo. Un anuncio. 
cuando ya termina, a los tres minutos, va a salir y sigue la siguiente persona. Okay. Hemos recibido um, solicitud para intérpretes en cantonés, mandurina y español. Si estás uh, conectándose con nuestra junta por internet, usted va a escuchar el número 13 para 800 Tarvel Street y hemos recibido una solicitud para intérpretes en este punto al cantonés, mandarín y español. Si se une a nuestra a distancia, desea escuchar a punta número 13 para el 800 de calle Terrell. Si está hablando, eh, si quiere escuchar en español, llama 415-906-4659 y la identificación de la conferencia es 702-6060. 0115 hashtag y ahí va a ver eh, eh, la conexión que es https guión guión bit.li planning 0202 Spanish. Si estás conectado con nosotros por medio de audífonos, están disponibles en la mesa al lado de la puerta. Uh, en beneficio de todos los intérpretes, se solicita que todos hablaremos claro y despacio para permitir la traducción en tiempo real. Cuando llegue el momento de los comentarios públicos, quienes estén escuchando en equipo tendrán que llamar al WebEx para presentar su testimonio público. Ahora pediré que esta información se traduzca. Ya se acabó las traducciones. Gracias. Thank you very much. At this time, we'll hear from staff and then open up for public comment. So again, if you need, well, it was already said, the, the headphones are on the, on the table over there for real-time interpretation. Thank you, Christy. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'm Christy Alexander with department staff. And before you today is a conditional use authorization to establish a cannabis retail use doing business as Green Mirror. The project requires this authorization to establish the retail use within the first two stories within the Tarville, inner Tarville Street neighborhood commercial zoning district. And the subject team tenant space measures approximately 977 square feet within an existing vacant mezzanine commercial tenant space which will be converted to a newly fully enclosed second floor within a two-story commercial building located at 800 Tarvel Street. The project does not include a request for on-site consumption. And as you remember from the Office of Cannabis's presentation to you two weeks ago, off-site consumption is also prohibited in the public realm. Um, the project complies with the 600-foot rule that you also held a discussion on two weeks ago. No qualified schools or other cannabis retail uses are located within a 600-foot radius. The closest K-12 school is St. Cecilia's School, which is located at 660 Vicente Street, which is approximately 1,584 feet away. And the closest cannabis retailer is Sunset Pipeline, which is located at 2161 Irving Street and approximately 8,876 feet away. 
The project also complies with the planning code section 303W findings, which are additional findings for the commission to consider when reviewing proposals for new cannabis retail establishments. The commission shall consider the geographic distribution of cannabis retail uses throughout the city, the concentration of cannabis retail and medical cannabis dispensary uses, and the balance of other goods and services available within the general proximity of the proposed cannabis retail use, and any increase in youth access and exposure to cannabis at nearby facilities that primarily serve youth, and any proposed measures to counterbalance any such increase. Regarding geographic distribution, the project would contribute to the geographic balance of cannabis retail uses in the city. Most of the city's cannabis retailers have been located within the eastern neighborhoods, um, leaving the western neighborhoods without many cannabis retailers. This project would help alleviate the clustering phenomena that other neighborhoods, um, such as Soma and the Mission, have been experiencing and would further the city's racial and social equity um, goals. Regarding the concentration of cannabis retail uses and other goods and services, the Inner Terraville Street Neighborhood Commercial District is primarily comprised of residential uses with limited ground floor commercial uses um, located within buildings along Terraville Street as well as other medical facilities and um, other um, active uses concentrated on the corner lots along 18th and 19th Avenue in the vicinity. The NCD permits a range of retail sales and service uses, um, from personal service uses to limited restaurants, restaurants and such, and the project would help activate a vacant commercial space um, and provide a new retail service that is not currently available in the immediate neighborhood. Um, cannabis retail is one of the few businesses that is continuing to expand following the, the pandemic-induced economic crisis. By creating a new retail use, the project can serve to help support the development of other retail and service uses in the neighborhood. Regarding youth access and exposure, cannabis retail facilities are heavily regulated in San Francisco. It is arguably more likely that youth would gain easy access to cannabis products through the unregulated market, which remains a large and dominant force in the market of San Francisco, partially due to the ease of cultivating cannabis products within a home and partially due to the slow rate of permitting of licensed locations in the city. By providing a regulated legal market within the neighborhood, the project would further discourage unregulated sales, making youth access to cannabis products more restricted. While the area around the subject location is traversed by a diverse population with many different age groups, any potential exposure to cannabis to youth that pass by will be alleviated by one, the presence of a neighborhood ambassador at the storefront, two, no visible product from any windows as it is on the second floor, and three, staff that is not only monitoring the storefront entrance but also 50 feet in either direction of the store. Lastly, no one under the age of 21 is allowed within the store. With the exception of persons aged 18 and above possessing a valid doctor's recommendation. For public comment, um, the project sponsor, who is also an equity applicant, they conducted an outreach as required by the Office of Cannabis Good Neighbor Policy, which includes providing a mail notice of the project to all property owners 
and occupants within 300 feet of the site and conducting outreach meetings on February 22nd, 2022, October 18th, 2022, and December 7th, 2022. To date, the department has received 18 letters in support and eight letters in opposition to the project. The project sponsor independently secured 136 signatures on a petition in support of the project. Additionally, the department staff was made aware of a petition that had garnered 1,247 signatories in opposition to the project. The opposition letters and petition cited concerns over crime, parking, safety of children, and perceived incompatibility of the proposed land use within the neighborhood. One housekeeping item, and based on feedback received, department staff has requested an updated plan set to include the first level floor plan that was passed out to you, as well as section drawings to show the relationship between the existing restaurant and the proposed cannabis retail space. In summary, planning is supportive of this project and recommends approval with conditions for the reasons outlined in the draft motion. The department finds that the project is on balance, consistent with the objectives and policies of the city's general plan and is necessary, desirable, and compatible with the surrounding neighborhood. From an objective position, the project complies with the strict locational requirements of the planning code and affirms the required section 303 findings related to cannabis retail uses. Thank you, commissioners. The sponsor would now like to make a presentation and staff will be available for any questions you may have. Project sponsor, you have five minutes. Hello, commissioners. My name is Angel Davis, and I'm part of the Fig and Thistle family. Nui Lee and I have co-owned Fig and Thistle Wine Bar for almost 10 years, and our partner, Michael Hall, owns the cannabis. Ma'am, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you just to slow down a okay, little bit sorry, because we're trying to translate uh, in real time. Sorry. So um, I know it's... Okay. Good. Okay. Do you want me to start over? Or? If you don't mind, please. Okay. I'll restart your time. All right. Um, my name is Angel Davis. I am part of the Fig and Thistle family. Nui Lee and I have co-owned Fig and Thistle Wine Bar for almost 10 years, and our partner, Michael Hall, owns the cannabis retail store with us. We are located blocks away from Ella Hill Hutch Community Center, where Mike spent much of his time running a youth tennis program in the Western Edition. This neighborhood has been deeply impacted by the war on drugs, this is also the neighborhood Mike grew up in and still lives in. Although it's only been a little over two years, the opening of the dispensary has allowed Mike to make the first steps to start a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping the youth of our community called Hall of Fame. Tennis helped Mike cope with the trauma of his neighborhood and now in turn he wants to give the youth of his community the same opportunity to grow by teaching tennis to them free of charge. Dom and Roberto de Grande own Gold Mirror a family business that opened in SF in the 1940s and moved to his current location at 800 Terraval in the 1950s. All this to say the entire team has very deep roots within the city and share a passion and love for San Francisco, which is why we have chosen to work together. We hope to open a cannabis retail location in what is currently the mezzanine of Gold Mirror. This area will be walled off, separated from the restaurant, and accessible only through an entrance at the, at, on 18th Avenue. We know that there will be many members of the community that will benefit from having a place to access cannabis for their needs within the neighborhood. We know there's a lot of prejudice when it comes to cannabis, including a negative stigma cast upon people who have chosen to partake in its use. 
We hope through outreach, community involvement, and education, we can help reduce the stigma surrounding these beliefs and help alleviate fear caused by stereotypes and the lack of understanding of the positive aspects of cannabis use for many people. In addition to our Good Neighborhood Policy Outreach meeting, we also held four additional meetings with drop-in hours in case neighbors had any questions or wanted to see the space. Um, we're asking for the city to give a small local cannabis retail shop the opportunity to open. We have proven ourselves through our actions throughout the years as responsible business operators that actively participate within the community. The DeGrande family sees how Mike Hall and the, the Fig and Thistle family has managed to maintain a safe and well-run cannabis business, and they want to work with us to do the same for them. We have all worked extraordinarily hard to get to this point, and I truly believe you couldn't ask for a better partnership to make sure this is done the right way for the community. Thank you for your time, and we hope that you'll approve our project. And I, my partner, Mike, also has a little bit to say as well. Thank you guys for your time in allowing us to speak regarding this. I grew up in San Francisco's Western Edition. At the time, was filled with a lot of crime, but through tennis, I was able to see different opportunities. I went astray, but then through the equity program, which I was introduced to, I was able to change my life with my partners, Nui and Angel. And I was able to open up a successful business in our neighborhood and give back to my community. I also teach tennis at a community center after school program. I just started my own nonprofit to help kids in the community. And I love that we was presented with an opportunity with the Grandes to extend our business or further our business opportunities. And I just wanted to say I'm looking forward. I hope you guys will consider letting us open up to help not only the community over there, but the retail space, which San Francisco, I think, desperately needs now. And thank you. Okay, if that concludes the project sponsor's presentation, we should open up public comment. So again, if you could all bear with me one more time while I read these instructions. We will now open the item for public comment. Uh, and the interpreters probably don't need to interpret this because I'm gonna ask you to read, speak this, uh, interpret it again. So we'll now open the item for public comment. Interpreters are present for Cantonese, Mandarin, and Spanish. Each speaker will be allowed two minutes. When you have 30 seconds remaining, you will hear a chime indicating your time is almost up. When your allotted time is reached, I will announce that your time is up and take the next person queued to speak. We will take public comment from persons in City Hall first and then open up the remote access line. For those persons participating via WebEx, please raise your hand when public comment is called for the item you are interested in speaking to. For those persons calling in to submit their testimony, you need to call 415-655-0001 and enter access code 2480-349-2149 and then press pound. You'll need to enter password 0202, then press pound. At this point, you should be able to hear uh, or listen to the hearing live and uh, you wait for the item you're interested in speaking to and for public comment to be announced. To comment, you must enter star three to raise your hand. 
Once you raise your hand, you will hear the prompt, you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. Wait for your turn to speak. When you hear the prompt, you are being asked to unmute yourself. To unmute, press star six. You need to enter star six. When you hear that you are unmuted, that is your indication to begin speaking. If you are in need of translation services, please submit your testimony in short intervals to allow the interpreters to translate your testimony. For those persons attending in person, please line up on the screen side of the room. Please speak clearly and slowly. And if you care to, state your name for the record. I'm now going to ask again that these instructions be translated into Mandarin, Cantonese, and Spanish. I'm not translating, I'm just the speaker. Oh, we need the translation. <laughs> Sorry. We need the interpreters to translate that. Okay,好的。好，现在是这个呃普通话啊，翻译以上这个公开意见时间的说明哈。那我们即将呃开放这个本项目啊，来征询公众意见啊，提供这个广东话普通话和西班牙语这个呃翻译。那每一位发言者
Okay, 三號係公眾發言時間，屆時有傳譯員誒提供廣東話嘅傳譯服務，每人將有兩分鐘嘅發言時間。當剩下三十秒嘅發言時間時，你就會聽到鈴聲提示。當發言時間完結時，你會宣布你的發言時間已完結。同時，我會叫下一位上前發言。首先係誒在場嘅公眾人員進行發言，然後到線上聽眾發言。透過 Webex 參加會議嘅公眾人士。當你聽到你有興趣發言嘅項目時，請舉手進入輪候發言區。線上收聽公聽會及作公眾發言嘅步驟如下：撥打電話號碼四一五六五五零零零一，輸入訪問代碼二四八零三四九二一四九，然後按星號，再輸入密碼零二零二，然後按井號。呢、这個時候你就應該聽到現場嘅公聽會。若對興有興趣嘅項目發言時，可以喺誒、呃、開放公眾發言嘅時間發言。喺發言前，先按星號三舉手。舉手後，你會聽到你已舉手提問，請等候主持人通知你可以開始發言嘅時候再發言，再輪候區等候。當你聽到系統要求取消靜音，已取消靜音，請按星號六，然之後就可以發言啦。若你需要翻譯，在發言時稍作停頓同埋簡短，以便翻譯員發言。誒、嗯、喺在場嘅人士，如需要進行呢個公聽公眾發言，喺喺房內嘅屏幕下排隊。然後在發言時，請把語速放慢，再清楚講出你嘅名，以作記錄。多謝 ，thank you。Ahora abrimos el tema para comentarios públicos. Los intérpretes están presentes para cantonés, mandarín y español. Cada orador dispondrá de hasta tres, dos minutos. Cuando le queden treinta segundos, oirá una campanilla que le indicará que su tiempo está a, a tema de agotarse. A punto de agotarse. Cuando hayan agotado el tiempo asignado, anunciaré que su tiempo ha terminado y daré la palabra a la siguiente persona en la fila. Primero, tomaremos los comentarios públicos de las personas presentes en el ayuntamiento y después abriremos la línea de acceso remoto. Las personas que participen a través de Webex deberán levantar la mano cuando se solicite el comentario público sobre el tema en el que desean comentar. Para aquellas personas que llamen para presentar su testimonio, uno, llame al teléfono 415-655-0001, introduzca el código de acceso 2480-349-2149 y a continuación, hashtag. Número dos, introduzca la contraseña 0202 y a continuación, hashtag. Tres, en este momento debería poder escuchar la audiencia en directo. Cuatro, espere a que se anuncie el tema sobre el que le interesa hablar y a que se anuncien los comentarios del público. Cinco, para comentar debe introducir asterisco tres para levantar la mano. Seis, una vez que haya levantado la mano, oirá el mensaje. Ha levantado la mano para hacer una pregunta. Por favor, espera hablar hasta que el presentador le llame. Siete, espere su turno para hablar. Ocho, cuando oiga la indicación, se le pide que se desactive el silencio 
Para anular el silencio, pulse asterisco 6. Deberá introducir asterisco 6. 9. Cuando oiga si se le ha quitado el silencio, esa es su indicación para empezar a hablar. 10. Si necesita servicio de traducción, por favor, presente su testimonio en intervalos cortos para permitir a los intérpretes, intérpretes traducir su testimonio. 11. Para los que asisten en persona, por favor, pónganse en fila en el lado de la pantalla de la sala. Por favor, hable claro y despacio. Y si le quiere, y si quiere, diga su nombre para que conste en el acta. Gracias. Very good, thank you. First speaker, please come forward. Again, you'll each have two minutes. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Lauren Lopez, um, and I'm here to speak on behalf of the community. Um, so for me personally, I have used marijuana and smoked marijuana since a very young age, and I have felt the negative effects on that, uh, from that, and um, the negative social constructs that it's had against me. Um, at the age of 18, I began smoking weed every single day in college, and I saw my grades go from a 4.0 GPA and just c continuously deteriorate. I had friends drop out of school because of their use of marijuana who couldn't keep up with their grades. Um, and as somebody with severe anxiety disorder, I began smoking weed to reduce my anxiety, um, but then I began using so much that I felt that I needed weed in order to feel okay. And you know, being that that's a su such a young age, and you know, all these schools are around this um, where this dispensary is trying to be uh, built. I think it's going to have a negative effect. Um, and considering that children nowadays are 18 years old and still in high school, they're able to give their friends these sort of things, which I feel have a very negative effect. Um, and I feel like the negative social influence is really present in this community, um, although it's legally 600 feet away from most schools. There's a preschool right across the street, probably about 200 feet within distance. I do work for the pediatric dental office across the street, and we've had parents remove their children from our care because they feel that it's not right to introduce children to marijuana or expose them to this sort of thing. I have nothing against the use of marijuana at all, um, but I do feel that this is just the completely wrong location to, to have this um, cannabis dispensary. Um, and I, for myself, I have stopped smoking weed since, and I don't think that it will be fair to myself to have it across the street as a temptation source. Um, I've been clean, and I don't feel that I need weed to smoke for my anxiety anymore. Um, yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Again, I will remind members of the public to speak clearly and slowly. We are trying to interpret in real time. Go ahead, next call, next speaker. Yeah. 帶麻這麼大的問題,點解你們給個合法來買? Can we have interpretation throughout instead of waiting till the end? Would that be possible? 
Right. So so full can look terrible. Can you speak in short intervals so that you can interpret? Thank you, ma'am. The challenge is that then the interpreter may also forget what she's saying, and so right. I want to make sure we I have it's going to be we clearly understand what her full testimony is. Otherwise, ma'am, and you're not actually authorized to speak at this moment, but I do thank you for your input. I do thank you for your input. If the interpreter, we're going to start this woman's time over. If you can please ask her if you can trade back and forth. That way you don't have to try to remember every word she's saying, and then you may end up forgetting some pieces of it. So let's have that conversation right. first. to that point. I mean, your point is taken, but it's literally impossible for someone to interpret two minutes of someone's presentation and actually remember everything they said. Federal define marijuana is the first class toxic drug. Uh, UC Medical Center, uh, the study, uh, they said um, the uh, marijuana, uh, if uh, smoke uh, marijuana for long term, it will affect the cognitive uh, learning in our brain. And then uh, will cause a, a car collision uh, if we smoke a marijuana while we drive. So um, uh, even uh, smoking uh, and smoke uh, will cause uh, lung uh, cancer. So uh, on the, um, uh, on the uh, smoke, uh, I mean the, wrap, the wrapping paper uh, for, the, uh, for the cigarette uh, also have a warning, say that uh, um, cigarette is no good for the, our health. So uh, I don't understand why you allow uh, to uh, open a marijuana uh, store and, and, and why, I mean, uh, on the, uh, uh, the wrapping uh, paper on the marijuana, uh, why does the no warning say it's a hazard uh, for our health? Uh, 
Yeah, uh, before uh, the reason uh, you want the marijuana legalized is because uh, you can uh, increase the tax uh, in our city. Uh, but, uh, and also now you think that uh, legalized marijuana can help to decrease the crime rate in the city. But I don't know if, I don't know uh, it's true or not. So in this Terrawell neighborhood, there's a lot of preschools and also pediatric dentistry office and also have a Kung Fu Academy. Yeah, so it's a lot of youth and young people in this neighborhood. So uh, if you let uh, this uh, project uh, uh, open a Marana's uh, store uh, here, uh, it's uh, hurt the safety in our neighborhood because uh, people, they uh, smoke uh, Marana and cause, uh, can cause a lot of car accidents. It's very dangerous out to our neighborhood. Uh, now uh, uh, you can uh, purchase uh, uh, marijuana online. So why you need to uh, let uh, open so many uh, marijuana stores in our city? Thank you. That concludes your time. For persons who need interpretation, I set the timer for four minutes as required by the uh, Brown Act. So that's just for clarity, okay? Uh, next you. speaker, please. Hello, hi, my name is Selena. And um, you have heard the young lady who have experienced marijuana and was a victim. She's clean now. Please listen to her and speak with the victims, the neighbors, the families, and the residents around. Um, vacant space, sorry, it's not. It's a bustling business and good health. How is opening marijuana an equity issue? You're providing access to our children. We have so many ways to become an entrepreneur. Does it have to be a marijuana dispensary on the same block with many businesses servicing young children? Please check the CDC website if you have not and read marijuana and public health under teams. Let me share some facts with you. From, um, so in 2019, four in every 10 high school students reported using marijuana in their lifetime. Marijuana use might have permanent effects on developing brain when use began in adolescence, especially in regular use or heavy use. Compare with teams who do not use marijuana, teams who use marijuana are more likely to quit high schools or not get a college degree. Um, so if you have not been to the site, please do. 800 Terravel, there's a preschool across the street. There's a karate place for kids to practice martial arts on the same block. There's a pediatric dentistry across the street. There's two elementary schools, one middle school, another high school around. I was there yesterday. 
I saw over, over 20, a dozen high schoolers coming from Lincoln High School, walking up on Terraville towards Safeway. And they were there to buy their lunch. And they were there um, and they heard us. They were surprised. And she asked me, both of the ladies asked me, can I make a poster? I want to say no on we. I have the picture here. You can see it for yourself. They were there to speak up. And we have small businesses here to speak up also. So if I can, please, Please, I live in that district. I live there, I go there all the time. And I'm letting you know, this is the wrong place for that. There are e-delivery, they can deliver to your doorstep. Thank you don't you. need a store where kids are playing, having fun. Thank you, ma'am, that is your time. Can I have um, the people who are opposed to this door have a stand so you know how many of us are here? I think um, many of them are already standing. Fa Thank you, ma'am. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Domenico de Grande, and I am the owner of the Goldmere Restaurant. Today, I'm here seeking approval on our permit to convert the upstairs portion of our restaurant into a completely separate Sir, I'm business. I'm going to interrupt you and, and apologize. As the owner of the space, you sort of have a financial interest of, uh, in this, and so you're sort of part of the project sponsor team, and you should have spoken under their presentation time. So the commissioners may have questions for you later, but okay, it's I, I kind of pretty sure you're for okay. the project, right? All right. Thank you, and I know some okay. commissioners may have, have said they have questions, so thank you for being here and available to answer any questions. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is George Rush. I was the head football coach at City College of San Francisco for 38 years and the athletic director at City College for 25. The story of the DeGrand family is the American story. Their parents immigrated to the United States from Italy in 1964 and 1970 respectively. They worked hard, they saved their money, they started their family and bought their home. After years of effort, they purchased the Goldmere restaurant which is located just two blocks from their home. Upon retirement, their sons, Dominic and Roberto, took over the business. To this day, the DeGrand family and the Goldmere restaurant are synonymous with the Parkside District. Their good deeds, acts of kindness, and commitment to the welfare of their neighbors are known by all. I personally known Dominic and Roberto for over 30 years, ever since I recruited Dominic to play for me at City College uh, for the 1993-94 seasons. The qualities Dominic Ex exhibited are the same ones he possesses today. Honesty, integrity, compassion, empathy for others, social responsibility are a few that come to mind. To sum it up in a sentence, he is just a really good person. He, ex he is exactly the person who should be recruited to open the dispensary. He is and always has been a part of the Parkside community and will serve his community with understanding, transparency, and goodwill. San Francisco is a city always in transition and change. And indeed, change has come to the public acceptance of marijuana. The legal sale of marijuana is no different than the supermarkets, pharmacies, mom and pop stores, and taverns which line Terraville Street who sell liquor and tobacco. The DeGrands are the ideal persons that should be granted the responsibility to oversee the dispensary because they have been totally vested in this neighborhood for over 50 years 
and truly care about the Parkside District, the families who live there, and its long-term vibrancy. Thank you. Hi, Commissioner. My name is Maurice Wong. I'm the, one of the owner of Happy Day Preschool, which is just right across the street of the proposed site. I have nothing against the owner or the restaurant, but just the proposed uh, cannabis business is just not suitable for that area. First, it used the existing mezzanine of the restaurant. That does not fulfill the empty storefront vacancy initiative. It doesn't help the Terrafair Street at all. It already has a lot of open, uh, uh, empty store already. Also, the business practice is questionable and unfair to other small business and community, rather than serving the local community. They plan to keep the parklet, so Gold Mirror Restaurant does not lose any occupancy. Instead, they use the extra mezzanine area to build another uh, business for their own business gain. This is not good for the community. And also, they didn't help the community by solving the parking issues. They still keep the parklet, so there's no uh, already less parking space already. That area is already so child-centric and so busy and sometimes so chaotic. So I don't deny the medical use, but the effect of marijuana is still under research. We don't know what's the effect. So why are we so rushed to open so many dispensaries right now? Just like cigarette, we later on need to ban it, need to limit it. So commissioner, you guys are planning commissioner. You all set the direction of how we live in the neighborhood. What is the plan for our children? What is the plan for our neighborhood? What is the plan for our city? Enough is enough. We already have so many dispensaries for the people who need. There, there's, this one is in child-centric neighborhood. This is not suitable. Thank you that so much. That is your time. Dear commissioners, I am Mindy Louie. Uh, I own the Happy Day Preschool. So I strongly oppose the opening the gold mirror cannabis uh, dispensary um, because it's directly across my preschool. It is observed that preschool did not come in the 600 feet zone. It will have a direct impact to our students. Most of our students have older siblings. Some of them will walk to the, our preschool to pick up their younger sibling, the teenagers will be curious of the store if they open. The proposal location is not suitable for cannabis dispensary as lots of children walk by the corner every day for different activities. As a business and property owner myself, the value of our business and property will impact and go down while you, uh, if they open. Some parents already told me they raised the concerns that they will take their children out to our preschool to go somewhere else if there is a dispensary there uh, across our uh, 
uh, school are. Not only we are going to lose students, our resources will be impacted too. The parking situation is getting worse. So as for security of the canopies dispensary, they say he uh, have a security guard to guide their store, but it's not gonna help other store to look for, to guide the, the neighborhood. So I asked um, the commissioner to please uh, consider not let them open. Thank you, that is your time. Thank you. I am Virginia Fabi, and I'm a retired senior living in 18th Avenue for the past 47. I'm a retired senior, and I live in 18th Avenue for 47 years. And hopefully, I will die there peacefully. And I'm against the putting of the cannabis dispensary in the gold mirror. I am a parishioner of St. Cecilia, and when I heard about the news that their plan of putting this uh, <coughs> cannabis dispensary, you know, I was alarmed, and I, I asked my, you know, people that goes to St. Cecilia, which I see every day, and the parents of the people that goes to St. Cecilia school, and they, we are all alarmed and we're worried. Now the parents are all worried. With the dispensary around, parents will always worry whether the kids that gets out of their house, worry about their safety on the street. With people high with marijuana, they're driving, that, go, that goes also for the retired people like me, who, who then be a prisoner in, their, in our homes for fear of what will happen to us. Yes, right now I'm scared of the future. I can't hardly back up my car from the garage due to traffic because people using 18th Avenue as an alternative for the 19th Avenue whenever there's traffic. How much more? How, there are many, would you expect, exchange this pleasant life of the community in favor of one who will profit financially when there are many cannabis dispensaries around San Francisco, will you approve this because city wants more revenue regardless of what happened to the future of the children and the peace in the community? I pray that you hear the voices and grant our request not to approve the putting of cannabis dispensary in gold mirror. Thank you. Hi, my name is Winnie Fong. Um, my house is on 19th Avenue um, in District 7. And I go to Safeway to buy groceries too with my grandchildren. And um, I used to work for the San Francisco Unified School District as a preschool teacher. And I saw a lot of well, different things. I worked for the district for 29 years. And um, I had students, the parents um, used drugs they didn't pay that much attention to their children. And not just like education, and also their physical health and safety. They don't really care so much like people um, who uh, they don't take drugs, they don't 
do, uh, they pay more attention to the children, education and physical um, need, and also came to pick up the children on time. And I also um, had students who was affected by the parent who took drug, uh, also the, um, marijuana. They, the children, they affect the children. They have learning disability, and also they have, um, they couldn't concentrate that well. And also they could climb on the uh, furniture, preschool furniture low. They just straight climb on that. They went on out the door. They climb on the um, heater, the old style heater. They climb on that. They they uh, tap on the window. As a regular preschool teacher, it's really hard to handle those kids. And that's from my experience. I worked for the district for 29 years, and um, I saw a lot. And especially parents really affect the children. We need. Um, have good environment safety for our children. Please, please, please consider our next generation. I won't take it, but my my Thank grandchildren could be. Thank you, ma'am. So your time. please, please. Hello, good afternoon, anyone. Uh, my name is Teresa. Today I came here to against them. Marijuana store open at 800 Tellerwell Street. Please don't tell us how the people need it. We all know the people with medical problem can easily order it online. The restaurant owner and marijuana owner care of, only care about their business, how to make them big money in the pocket. So that's why they are open the store near the school, market, and popular place. They are rushing to search for the next young people to build up their business, to be their money donator. They never care about our community. Our kids pass, by the, pass by, by the start every day and see the things that are not legal, not eligible for their age. They may say they are only selling inside, the kid can't see it, but I will say it's wrong because they can't control the people use marijuana all over the street after they, use, uh, they get it. I know they have security with gun and stands by the door, but that is only protect their business. It's not for our community. They will make this area dangerous and not safe. Finally, I hope all the officers um, please listen to our voice, our true voice from the heart. Thank you. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Nina, and I am also speaking as part of the community. Uh, my main purpose here today is to talk about the stigma. I think a lot of it is what we've all been hearing and experiencing is the fear that comes out of what would happen if this was close in your immediate community. Um, I'm gonna read uh, very quickly a list um, of schools that are near the dispensary that I currently operate and I'm the manager of called Fig and Thistle Apothecary. Within one mile, we have the Boys and Girls Club, Sacred Heart Cathedral. 
the Maker Studio for Kids, Stuart Hall, Millennium High School, CASE, which is a Chinese American Immersion School, all with all three campuses, all within a mile. Sorry, ma'am. You're saying you work for Thig and Thistle? Or you I work do for work for Thig and Thistle to address the stigma. Yeah. Okay, I think you're part of the project team. I definitely appreciate your comments, but we can ask questions during the um, okay. question and answer period that we have. Thank you so much. Are you sure? Because I think the manager can speak because this we've done this before. So this and is I, city attorney, perhaps you can opine. But uh, ma'am, ma'am, you are also a community member and you're not governing these proceedings. If the city attorney can please give us some advice regarding if managers that work at an establishment who don't own the establishment are permitted to speak during public comment, that would be helpful. Um, sure. Deputy City Attorney Austin Yang. Um, a manager is, a, an, is an individual who has a financial interest because they are paid by the project sponsor. So in that instance, they would be considered part of the project team and um, under the commission's rules and regulations, they, their time to speak would be within the allotted project sponsor time. Thank you. And thank okay. you. I need the interpretation. I, I, my name is uh, Chen Meizhen. Yeah. I live uh, close. Yeah, I live in Sunset District, and I go uh, take a uh, take a bus to the 18th Street. Yeah, I am opposed to uh, uh, opening the the dispensary. Uh, yeah, because uh, because there are schools, uh, preschools, and a high school close by. Yeah, there are many children there. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Hello, commissioners. Good afternoon. Thank you for helping me. I'm Dorothy Pang. I'm a board-certified pediatric dentist who specialize in the care of children, adolescents, and young adults with special needs. I've been in the Parkside Sunset area for 30 years, and my husband, who is an orthodontist, who owns a separate office, together we employed more than 20 people in the neighborhood for more than 25 years. Our practices are directly across from the gold mirror. Let me say it in the outset that I have nothing against the use of marijuana for medicinal purposes, or in those individuals who derive benefits from using it in their privacy. I, am, I consider myself as good friends of the De Grandi family. I love their restaurants. The restaurants are always packed. And let me say, too, that the mezzanine level is not vacant. It's always packed with customers. My strong objection, again, is to the location of this dispensary. There is an appropriate place and an inappropriate place for a business. Just because Parkside does not have a dispensary does not make it right to have one there. As my neighbors have stated repeatedly, there are way too many children 
in this neighborhood, walking and being dropped off right at that corner. Just because the children could be getting illegal marijuana, we should not be promoting it legally because it goes against the policy of the Office of Cannabis, that is to prevent exposure of cannabis to use and to minimize social harm. As parents, elected officials, and healthcare providers, we must look out for the welfare of our future generation, our children. While following law, we must make ethical and morally sound decisions to protect our children. I trust approving this dispensary at this child-centric location you, is, is currently legal, but we need to give due consideration Thank to you, ethics and the wishes of the community. Thank you. Thank you. I strongly recommend people not touch the microphone when they're making their presentations. You get a lot of static. Hi, my name is Francis Durr. I'm a resident. Uh, I live within 200 feet of the Gold Muir. Uh, the proposed dispensary will be selling cannabis edibles. And uh, according to the San Francisco Department of Public Health, it recommended prohibiting cannabis candies and it knew that the legalization of cannabis would lead to increased cannabis use due to increased exposure to cannabis and the normalization of use. And this was found out in the 2023 American Academy of Pediatrics, wherein they reported that their, since legalization, eating edibles had increased 1,375%. And they also said that there's a significant increase in both ICU and non-ICU admissions. Nearly all of the children, about 98% of them, found the edibles at home. And so this is not about the stigma of uh, cannabis. These are just the facts, okay? According to the CDC in San Francisco, there has been an increase in high school consumption of cannabis according to the California Department of Education after legalization, SFUSD had reported a 15% increase in suspensions due to cannabis possession. San Francisco Public Department of Health specifically recommended a buffer zone for youth serving facilities, not just schools. Okay, and I'm also concerned about the crime in that area. There was a liquor store on the corner of, of Golmir and it had frequently been robbed. So I don't want this to occur with a cannabis store. So how much is too much? Currently there are 212 cannabis businesses authorized to operate in, in, in San Francisco and 277, <laughs> I urge you guys to um, deny this application. Thank you sir, that is your time. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, my name is uh, 
my, my name is uh, Doris, and I live in this uh, neighborhood. And uh, every day, uh, I would take a walk in this neighborhood. And a lot of time, I smell very strong marijuana uh, smell. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't understand uh, why people they want to uh, smoke uh, marijuana and they can do whatever they want, uh, but it's deprived uh, our right to get fresh air in our neighborhood. Yeah, uh, uh, actually, it's not only just in our neighborhood. Uh, many area in our city in San Francisco, um, uh, there's a, a lot of uh, uh, area have a marijuana store. Uh, like um, the uh, Golden Gate Park, uh, the marijuana event, yeah, uh, if uh, we walk through that uh, park, yeah, make us uh, suffocate because uh, the marijuana smell. Actually, I mean, yeah, San Francisco, uh, the safety is a big uh, concern. And uh, if, uh, especially if uh, we open a uh, marijuana store uh, in the neighborhood, the neighborhood with uh, uh, highly populated and also with a lot of commercial um, uh, business. And then I think it would. Uh, deeply uh, affect um, the, uh, the safety in our neighborhood and in, will increase the crime rate. Yeah, like I go to uh, Safeway uh, every day for grocery shopping. Uh, so if uh, the store uh, open in our neighborhood, uh, I think uh, every day if I go to the Safeway, uh, make me very uh, uh, scared. 好像吸煙就政府都說會影響人們啊。那個吸煙呢,我不相信是比這個吸大麻影響更大的 Okay. Yeah, uh, even a uh, uh, smoking uh, uh, cigarette is no good uh, for our health, and but uh, the government still allow uh, a, a cig uh, smoking cigarette is um, uh, legal. Yeah, but so I, I don't understand why uh, the government allowed to open uh, so many um, uh, marijuana stores and uh, really uh, affect uh, our health. Okay. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Mandy. 
我喺嗰一區咧，就喺啱啱喺隔離，我哋又有一個診所嘅。咁喺我哋附近咧，好多細佬哥喺嗰度出入，有打工夫啦，有牙醫啦，同埋有托兒所啦。其實佢會影響呢啲人群嘅，所以我堅決反對喺嗰一區喺嗰個位置做呢種即係影響好多年輕人嘅生命同埋佢哋嘅觀念。因為唔適合喺呢個位置開咯。Okay. Ah,、uh, yeah. Um. Ah,、uh, uh, I live in this ah、uh, neighborhood, and in this ah、uh, neighborhood, ah,、uh, there's a lot of uh, like a、uh, preschool, ah,、uh, um, medical ah、uh, office, ah,、uh, uh, kung fu um academy. Um, so uh, if uh, open Marana、uh, store here, it really uh, affect uh, our community and also uh, uh, our um, uh, youth and and also uh, the young uh, population.、Uh, I don't think it's appropriate to open a store a Marana store here. Uh, uh, so I oppose uh, to open a Marana store in our neighborhood. Thank you. Hi,、uh, my name is Hillary. So、um, I used to live on Yuloa between 17 and 18, so near the neighborhood.、Uh, my kids went to West Porto Elementary School, Hoover Middle School, and Lowell.、Um, I know kids hang around after school in that area.、Um, And so, year and a half ago, I moved away.、Uh, it's because I remodeled the house, and then all of a sudden, my property tax would go up so high that I couldn't afford it. So、uh, I was hoping that I move away and then rent this house out, so you know it can pay for it, and also that、um, like little bit of income because at my age. Um, after unemployment, I couldn't find another job yet.、Um, however, it has been 18 months, and I still haven't able to rent the house out yet. It's probably not because of them yet, because they are not open yet. However,、um, as downtown it's going back to normal again, then my property will be a prime location because it's right outside West Portal Tunnel.、Um, but if they open, then I don't think my rent can be enough for me to support the house,、um, let alone like helping with my income.、Um, and I know that the restaurant they also have other financial institute hosting、um, events to make money. So I was hoping you guys can consider other property owners besides them because. They don't have to do this business. They can do other business that doesn't affect other property owners. So please put that into consideration. Hello, my name is Sherry. I'm not against marijuana that someone might need it, like the cancer people or some people is very sick and painful. But those people are majority, and we are the majority people. Why we have to suffer the bad smell and no good for our lungs? 
My friend lives in Chinatown that is a cross building where people smoke marijuana in the morning, throughout the day, and in the middle of the night. The smell even wakes her up that she cannot breathe and fall back to sleep. She went to the building manager and complained about it. But the manager said this is out of his control. So she cannot do anything to help. I, my question is, why must the majority, majority of us have to suffer because a few wants to smoke marijuana. I have a grandkid, she's 14 now, and I don't want her to be exposed to cannabis. Please vote no on the application for a dispensary at 800 Terrafel. Thank you. Um uh, my name is uh, Li Chi Sito. Uh, I oppose to open a uh, marijuana store in my uh, neighborhood. Uh, literally, I just uh, live across the street of that um, uh, uh, store, and I have uh, uh, I have uh, kids uh, going to uh, Hoover School. Uh, and uh, a lot of um, uh, students, uh, they take uh, the uh, bus uh, on the on the 19, uh, 19 uh, Avenue. And also, there's a, a lot of uh, uh, kids, uh, they go to the Kung Fu economy uh, to uh, take uh, classes. Uh, um, uh, 即是他們的心智的發展會引導他們會接觸大麻有毒的會影響他們的思想所以我不想他在那裡開 Okay. Yeah, uh, so uh, if I uh, open uh, a store uh, in this uh, neighborhood, uh, it will deeply uh, affect um, the, um, the, uh, uh, the children and the students uh, here. Uh, it will uh, uh, affect um, their, um, um, their cognitive uh, development, and also uh, it will affect uh, the uh, emotionally and the uh, learning. Uh, actually, um, uh, 
people can uh, purchase marijuana online, uh, so um, they don't need to uh, have um, store uh, open in our neighborhood. Uh, so I oppose to open uh, a marijuana store in my neighborhood. 還有時在街上都聞到有些人在那裡吸食大麻會令到空氣很污糟很臭我們不想他在那裡開所以 even uh, we uh, walk uh, on the street uh, If a marijuana store open there Then we will smell a strong marijuana uh, smell the bad, uh, the bad smell And it will affect uh, the air quality in our neighborhood. So I oppose to open a store here. That's it, thank you. My name is Jenny Chen. Yeah. Uh, my name is Jinny Chen. I'm a retired uh, Chinese uh, teacher. And what的中国人有讲呢,是以以目言呢,就好容易是人为的事,的青少年的。yeah, uh, that's a Chinese uh, saying. So if we see something uh, uh, happen, uh, if it is bad, uh, then we will affect uh, our mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, the uh, the proposed uh, location of the uh, Marana store uh, is a highly populated uh, area, and there's a uh, four uh, bus. Uh, there's a uh, three uh, bus stop uh, around that corner. Uh, yeah. uh, I live uh, on the 20th uh, Avenue, uh, right at the bus stop uh, on the 20th Avenue. There's a lot of uh, students, uh, uh, they are uh, taking the bus at that uh, bus stop. Uh, and uh, around the neighborhood, uh, there is a uh, Lincoln High School. Uh, so there's too many students, the high school students, uh, they are hand around in that area. Yeah. So uh, every day uh, I take the uh, bus uh, on, uh, on that uh, corner, on the 20th Avenue. Yeah, uh, I have a concern that uh, if um, 
the, uh, those uh, teenagers and the students, they are uh, accessed uh, to the marijuana and they smoke uh, the marijuana, uh, may cause, uh, have a delusion or hallucination. And uh, once uh, uh, they um, uh, have a hallucination, uh, they may attack uh, especially the elderly people. So I'm strongly uh, opposed to open a marijuana store there. I hope the commission uh, can uh, really uh, consider uh, our uh, elderly uh, community uh, because uh, marijuana, open a marijuana store is to uh, really uh, affect um, our safety and also our health. Thank you. Oh, um, she wants uh, the interpreter to just uh, read out the script. Great, uh, thank you. Okay? Then I'll put it for two minutes. Uh, give me a few seconds so I can read the script sure. first. Marijuana is no good uh, for our health. Yeah, uh, from the uh, from uh, from the UC uh, uh, medical uh, uh, doctor, uh, they said that um, the marijuana uh, from the study of the UC medical center, uh, they said that um, marijuana uh, is uh, no good uh, for our health. And so um, I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, everybody should uh, teach um, uh, uh, kids not to, uh, not to uh, smoke uh, marijuana. Uh, actually, right now, there's a lot of marijuana stores uh, in, uh, in our city. And um, smoking uh, marijuana uh, can... Um, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, smoking uh, uh, mar uh, uh, marijuana, uh, they can uh, abuse. Yeah, uh, for uh, taking the marijuana. Uh, so if uh, they have no money to buy marijuana, uh, they will go and rob uh, people. Yeah. So. Um, at this uh, neighborhood, the 800 Tellerwell, uh, there's a, a lot of. Um, uh, Young, uh, young people, and also uh, uh, there's a um, uh, dentist, uh, dentist registry uh, clinic, and and also um, there's a uh, um, kung fu academy uh, for uh, for little kids. Um, so I don't want to uh, open a marijuana uh, at uh, my neighborhood. Uh, people can buy uh, marijuana uh, online. And, and actually, I mean, yeah, um, uh, by doing so, it's already uh, 
uh, hurt uh, our um, uh, hurt a lot of uh, people. Uh, so um, uh, uh, you should uh, consider the health uh, of uh, of uh, our community. Uh, so uh, uh, I insist uh, to stop to open a Marana store in my neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you. Next speaker, please. Good afternoon, Commissioner. I'm Tony Lam. I've been here a month and a day and four days to the US. And I retired and came here. I came from Hong Kong. I live around that area, and my uh, grandchildren always, I always take my grandchildren to the park around that area. And my son goes to school, always pass by and take 19 Avenue. So when I heard uh, this proposal of having the uh, MDC in that area in 800 Terravel, it makes me concerned and worry. The, as I also heard about the uh, traffic uh, uh, accidents and all those incidents that happened. So even when I was in Hong Kong, I always heard about the news in, in the U.S., especially uh, the legalizing of marijuana and also the, the accident that caused after the marijuana. So again, the uh, marijuana is being really legalized, and then you, you can, people can easily order and buy from the online. Why did we need so many of the uh, stores, upfront store of marijuana? So I strongly oppose having the uh, marijuana placed on 800 Taliban. So I please all your commissioner and listen to us, listen to our voice. Okay, thank you. Hello. <coughs> Sorry. My name is Mary Lou Fabi. I live across the street of Gold Mirror. I am one of the lucky neighbors that I live in that area because it's so convenient for me when we were looking for a house. And we're Catholic and they 
churches just around because we are very active par par parishioners. The thing is, it's not happening yet. I am a nervous person. When I heard about it, I never heard the word cannabis. I only know marijuana. And there is, I, I was able to say, what is it for? And hearing the news, it's a medically uh, necessity for some people. But I don't know the circumstances, what will happen. But being a retired, and I early retired, for, I enjoyed the neighborhood so I could be volunteered in any things that is happening in my neighborhood. But now that it, if it happens, I am against it because how can I enjoy walking and dealing with even the neighborhood? I like to visit the elderlies. But then if I become a homebound because I'm afraid to go out, I see at the window what's happening in the streets. It's okay to have traffic because I'm inside the house. But if I walk out and there are crazy drivers who are taking that marijuana, I'll be scared. So what do I do? Do I sell the house and the price is going down or I'll go to the home for the aged? So I'm I heard all these things, but I am concerned of myself. Thank you. Good afternoon, dear honorable commissioners. My name is Leanna Louie. I'm a resident of San Francisco since 1979. I'm also a mother of two. There is a time and place for everything. I'm very happy for this brother who's doing well and his achievements. And I'm also very happy for Golden Mirror's success story. And I encourage everyone to do, continue to do good things for the community and for themselves, but not at the expense of our children's future, nor at the expense of public safety in this area. Speakers before me also voiced their concerns about public traffic safety issues. There are two cannabis dispensaries within five minutes drive in either direction of 800 Terraval. We don't need another one there. Please listen to the community and their concerns and take that into consideration. The young lady who had lived experience with marijuana already explained her experience versus the stigma that was mentioned by the parties earlier. Today, a group of us are here to oppose cannabis shop at this location because we love our neighbors. We love our neighbors' children, and we demand respect for the community. I am a mother of, children, of a child who is at a very impressionable age of 17. I oppose the proposed cannabis shop at this location because it is too close to where children pass by frequently to get to school, to get to medical, dental services, the bakery, restaurants, and major grocery store, Safeway, which is right across the street from this location. Our children should not be exposed to cannabis on a daily basis. CDC reports many negative effects of marijuana on growing children. Understand that you want to make money as merchants, but this is not the place to open another cannabis store at 800 Terraval. A group of us were protesting at this location yesterday, and a young man who was driving by rolled down his window and said, today I'm three months sober from marijuana. Keep fighting for us. Give our children a chance to grow without mind-altering substances such as marijuana. Thank you, ma'am. That is your time. Please vote no. Thank you. Okay, any additional members of the public in the chambers wishing to submit their testimony? 
Okay, if not, we'll go to our remote callers. Again, you need to uh, press star six to unmute yourself. For the one person in the Cantonese room and the one person in the Mandarin room, if you need to submit your testimony, you need to um, call in to the number on your screen. Sorry, Jonas, they're in virtual rooms? The they are in virtual rooms, okay. yes. We Do have we need one. to repeat that quickly? No, the, in the virtual rooms, there oh, we, okay. have a, we have real-time translation. One person in Cantonese, one in Mandarin, and none in our Spanish room. Go ahead, caller. You need to press star six to unmute yourself. Can you hear me? We can. Okay. So I shall begin. Thank you, commissioners, for allowing me to speak against the approval of the Green Mirror. I'm Peter Lee, an orthodontist, 20 steps away from the site. Now, our neighbors and myself do not need another cannabis store because of the following three reasons. One, within a radius of 1,500 feet, there are 3,639 students from three schools, not to mention three other preschools. My practice alone sees close to 40 children a day for their orthodontic needs. Imagine exposing these children around our neighborhood to cannabis. Now, although this proposed door does not allow anyone below 21 to enter the premise, it will influence and directly or indirectly stir up the curiosity or tempt the developing child or teenager to cannabis. What is there to stop the access to cannabis if these products are bought by adults and given or have an indirect access to the youth? Number two, American Association of Pediatrics have stated the following, cannabis is the most commonly used illicit substance use during adolescence. Very addictive, has a high potential abuse and has detrimental consequences, leading to poor learning and poor grades. And it will also affect the lungs and cause psychosis. There's also the effect of illegal pot shops thriving in plain sight as item number three, LA Times, September 14, 2022. They do not follow the rules and regulations. They have large advertising signs selling cannabis at a much cheaper price, possibly selling it to minors and bringing in unwanted elements. Mind you, these illegal stores can reappear the next day. Thank you, we sir. That is your time. Good afternoon, Commissioners. I wasn't able to appear in person, so I thank you for taking my call. My name is Mark Solomon. I'm speaking today with concerns regarding the cannabis retail proposal for 800 Terrebelle Street. My property is located in close proximity to the Green Mirror location, and for the past four years, I've been working diligently to complete a city-mandated seismic retrofit project, and I've had zero income as a result of it. When I finally attempted to lease my commercial spaces, I had resistance as a result of the cannabis store location. 
I'm a retired city employee. While working, I saw the ill effects that a cannabis store brings to a neighbor. Loss of potential businesses and existing businesses vacating, heightened vehicular traffic, vehicles double parked, individuals self-medicating as soon as they leave the dispensary, heightened pedestrian traffic with people hanging out, robberies and a host of street crimes that are perpetrated. As you've heard, there is a variety of existing businesses which are children and family oriented. 19th and Terrible is a hub for the neighborhood and the main stop for public transportation, which many children utilize. There's also a Safeway store, which creates a great deal of traffic congestion, especially with their large delivery trucks and their customers' vehicles. Since the city has removed many vital parking spaces and one lane of traffic in our area, it's already impacted significantly, which has created a hardship for the residents and business owners. Adding a cannabis dispensary will only exacerbate the pre-existing problems in our neighborhood. I'm a native son of San Francisco. My family and I still reside here. I spent 32 years in the San Francisco Police Department, and my family has owned property on Terrapel Street for 60-plus years. I'm engaged in my community, our city, and I care deeply about what goes on, especially when it comes to public safety. In closing, I ask for your sincere consideration of everything that I address today when it comes time to vote on this issue. Thank you. My name is Josephine. I oppose the marijuana shop at this location. I, both of my kids used to go to Hoover Middle School and, and this area of Terrible was where they used to hang out after school. And now one of them is still at Lincoln High School. This area of Terrible is still where they hang out. And I don't think it's an equitable thing to, on top of, when you talk about stigma, you don't open a store in order to remove the stigma. You gotta open a store when the stigma is removed. And this is not a welcome, and desirable business. On top of that, when you're going to approve this business, got to think about where your equity lens is pointing at. You, are you going to point at the big money? Only like three people are trying to make testimony for the project because they're project sponsor or paid by the project sponsor. Are you going to be lending on the side of big money or and against the neighbors and their children? And I think that with this sentiment, with three people only trying to attempt to speak and then the rest of the 10 times more people here in person versus a hundred times, a thousand some people online trying to oppose this, we know the rise of the green mirror will be the downfall of gold mirror and you will bring shame to the legacy of gold mirror. Please oppose. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can. My name is Jane Belmediano. I'm a registered nurse. I've been a uh, resident here for over 50 years, about the time that Gold Mirror had opened. My family's been here and we live here in the sunset. I'm also currently working on my family nurse practitioner certification. As well as that, I'm a licensed 
acupuncturists, and herbalists. Um, these business owners are salespeople. They're not qualified to educate or sell herb, herbal medicine or products to the public. Um, I'm directly opposed to their opening this business across the street from my house. Um, the business is meant to enrich the owners only and the city coffers. It has nothing to do to enrich our community. Um, they're not pharmacists, they're not doctors or specialists in the medical field. Um, I would hope that you would consider all the thousands of people that do not want this business open. Thank you very much. Yes, we can hear you, but you need to mute your computer or television. There's some feedback. Hi, my name is Lefter Salefteriu, and I live two doors down from the uh, Gold Mirror. Well, I, I think it's pretty clear by um, what's been said today. The people that know the situation the best, that actually live there and experience the day-to-day -day life there are against it. But unfortunately, the city, which has a financial stake, is going to vote for the permit, which I find hypercritical because the commission did not allow couple of the people, the project sponsors to speak who are also financially involved. So why is the city any different? This is a clear dysfunction in our government. And the commissioners have the power today and you will approve the permit because you will gain financial interest from that dispensary. But next year when there's time for re elections, the, the tables will turn and there will be changes made. And I hope the Board of Supervisors are listening. Thank you very much. My name is Stefan. I've lived in San Francisco for 26 years. I live in Twin Peaks. I've watched uh, Domenico and Roberto's daughters and sons grow up over the past 12 years of my uh, customer friendship with them, relationship. Um, Goldmere Restaurant is a staple of San Francisco, no doubt, and has been run by a second generation Italian family for over 54 years, which is a fulfillment of uh, the American dream by any measure, I think we could agree. As for the pr uh, proposed Green Mirror business itself, um, it is centrally located and accessible by public transportation, which I think is important for disabled persons who use these type of products as well. Uh, public transportation uh, you know, doesn't take up parking, I might remind others. Although I myself do not utilize marijuana uh, on any continual basis, um, I can, however, vicariously highlight the relief it has given my 80-year-old father uh, for his back pain and back surgeries, as well as for my elderly uh, ex-landlord of 89 years old. 
uh, for his insomnia and bladder cancer. Um, so, in conclusion, uh, City of San Francisco has brought in a lot of tax dollars to marijuana and the state of California in 2021 alone, 1.2 billion. Um, I just wanna say, shishe, gracias, grazie, and thank you for allowing me to speak, which is democracy in action. I'd also like to thank the City of San Francisco staff and workers here on the call. Thank you. the next caller is going to speak. You need to unmute yourself. Hello? Yes. Hello, good afternoon, Commissioner. My name is John Leonard Wilson. I am a neighbor at 15th and Terrible and in full support of opening the Green Mirror. I shouldn't need to take the time out of my day to drive to another location or district in the city uh, to, you know, plan up the parking. Uh, this would be fully beneficial for the hood in creating jobs and bringing a vibrant presence to the community. This location is the perfect location and I cannot think of better people to run it other than the DeGrandes. Also a friendly reminder, you need to be 21 and older, just like the many bars and taverns, liquor stores and supermarkets lighting terrible in the surrounding Parkside neighborhoods. So please let the stigma go and vote yes. Thank you for hearing me out. Hi, uh, my name is Amy. I call to against open this, uh, this cabinet door. Um, because uh, as you can hear from uh, other other people, uh, once it, uh, this store is open, uh, 10, 20 other nearby stores is going to suffer. And uh, also the uh, property value is going down, so you will lose a lot of revenue uh, for, the, uh, for, for the city. Uh, not to mention that uh, senior people, they are not to work outside. It is, uh, this is inhuman. Uh, so uh, please will know on this project. Thank you. Again, when prompted, you need to unmute yourself. Hi, my name is James. I'm 32 years old and I am a native of San Francisco. Uh, my parents are immigrants from Vietnam and they, um, my family really does share a lot of the same sentiments that you all have shared about you know, marijuana being bad for kids and being negative to the community. But I'm here today to be in support of the Green Mirror because marijuana products have been proven to be really beneficial for 
easing symptoms of depression, um, improving mental health, and helping people with anxiety, especially in a community and culture where insurance can be very hard to come by. Marijuana products can be very helpful when you do need to self-subscribe yourself medication to help ease your symptoms. And again, as John mentioned, uh, marijuana does require a 21-year-old and up ID to purchase, just like alcohol across the street, just like alcohol Safeway, just like the liquor store. So I would be a part of the Green Mirror because um, I think it's really important that we do end the stigma against marijuana and we do open ourselves to the curiosities and possibilities of alternative medications when um, our community can really benefit. Thank you. Uh, hi, thank you. My name is Serge Romani. Uh, I'm born and raised in San Francisco, born at Kaiser Hospital on Gary. I live about four blocks away uh, in, from the Gold Mirror in uh, the house that I grew up in. I'm a graduate from St. Cecilia's, class of 1989. I grew up in an anti-drug household. I've never smoked marijuana. Uh, I'm a customer, and I've been keeping a close eye on this project, which is why I'm here today. Um, I only have two minutes, so obviously I'm not gonna tell you my life story. Um, and obviously I don't wish anyone any harm, but you know, sometimes you have to suffer in life a little to have empathy for others. And there are many desperate people that are hurting out there. And folks seem to be focusing really hard on marijuana. Um, but as you should know, uh, there are creams for pain, CBDs for sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so I really don't understand why people are denying other people from safe medical alternatives. Um, children will not be allowed in the store, but they will be allowed to buy candy from numerous liquor stores on Terrebelle, just like I did when I was a kid. Just like the one that resided diagonally from the gold mirror for decades, like was mentioned, which I would walk past on my way to school. If kids want marijuana, don't kid yourself, they're gonna get it, but it won't be from this location. Folks are talking about right or wrong and quoting websites. The bottom line is, it's legal. These, this group didn't make the laws to legalize marijuana. I would much rather have this group open a location here than any other group because they clearly care about the community. They have children themselves. They plan on opening the site in a tasteful manner that has the community in mind. Why shouldn't they be allowed to open a business? I am for the proposal. Thank you. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, my name is Rabbi Dr. Sophia Chetrick Whitney, Colorado. Please protect our children. This is about the children. Not about making money. So if they want to have a dispensary, they can go to put it elsewhere. 64% of the clinic are Asians. And I think too often, we get to put it in people's side. Uh, marijuana is beneficial, uh, it has a very gorgeous smell, uh, there's schools nearby, uh, it is not a good idea, and it's about making money, and we're sick and tired of people putting money before the means 
about the children. It's about the children, first, second, and third. Nothing else. Please don't know. Let the thing elsewhere, and you can make all the money they want. When breakfast was full, they have water. It's just not cool, not appropriate, and it's immoral. Thank you, Commissioner Ben, for taking the time to listen to me, Commissioner. And you are a very blessed day. Vote no. Thank you. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, my name is Amy and I was born in San Francisco. I now live in Millbrae and I do drive to San Francisco to purchase marijuana on a regular basis. I would like to point out that anyone who is going to these types of dispensaries, this is not a cheap thing and it's not going to draw in a non-desirable crowd. These are things that are child-proofed, pet-proofed, and they cost a lot of money. And people who tend to go there tend to be more responsible than people who are acquiring marijuana on the street. And I also would like to point out that anytime I do visit an establishment, I am much more likely to patronize the other businesses that are around the neighborhood. And if people like that are coming into the neighborhood and are willing to spend money, I think it's worth voting yes. Thank you. Hello? Yes, go ahead. My name is Wendy. I've been in Sunset for almost 40 years. I went to the hearing and the community meeting and I heard the, net, the owners of Golden Mirror saying that, oh, they didn't make enough money from the restaurant because of the pandemic. This person is not there to help the community and will make enough money, get the license, and sell the real estate and sell the business. There is a good example on Barbary Coast, Irving Street. When they were approaching our neighbors, they were saying that I'm San Francisco boys, I will stay here, I want to make sure that our neighbor is safe. Guess what? They are selling, they sold the business to Sunset Pipeline. Tell me if this golden mirror is not about greedy brothers. And by the way, marijuana is legal, I understand that. But McDonald's is not even able to open a business when neighbors are opposing them. Talking about this marijuana, medication marijuana, people who live by their please don't drive, and people who are not convenient to buy marijuana uh, through the public transportation, please get them delivered. It takes less than a minute to get to their doorstep. It's faster than buying grocery delivered at your doorstep. So there is not space to drive, to buy, and it's not convenient for them to take proper public transportation to buy. So get them delivered. Irving Street pipeline is there. So I'm telling all of us that the owner is not there to help our community. 
they go sell the business. Once they make enough money, they are greedy and they walk away, and they claim that they are San Franciscans. They are not. They are to help us. Thank you. That Please is your time. Hi, uh, hi. My name is uh, Christy, and uh, I am calling to oppose the marijuana shop open on 18 and Terrell. Uh, I have three kids, and they went to uh, West Portal, and they went to Hoover. They they hang around a lot on uh, near Safeway. This is just not the right location for the marijuana shop. Um, don't. Please protect our children, not just money, money, okay? Thank you. Members of commission, my name is Ray Wong, and I represent easily over 50 friends in the Sunset area, most of them I've really spoken to. Many of them, unfortunately, have to work today. My background is from UT Berkeley as a researcher and a health lecturer. They are already five, or this coming week they open another one, that it should be five marijuana dispensary in Sunset. Yes, Ocean, Judah, two on Irving, and one in Park Perfect. I have not heard, but that is true. I've researched it. Marijuana, to my knowledge and research, is not as harmless like some claim. As a researcher, I can tell you that it definitely affects our brain, attention, decision-making, coordination, and reaction time. And by the way, do you really believe that someone under 21 has no way to get marijuana from a dispensary? If there's a will, there is a way. Two days ago, the Hill published a survey that shows two-thirds of the Americans are living paycheck to paycheck today. Do you honestly believe that these folks could afford a new addictive habit? It is an indisputable fact that cannabis is highly addictive. It is a gateway drug. We hope that you would not go all out to approve so many dispensaries in such a short time because it might come back to haunt you someday. We hope that time will show that you voted today on the right side of history. Thank you. Hello, 
There's a 64% of us are uh, Chinese. Chinese。你们做这个决定，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我，包括我
Hello? Yes. Hi, my name is Diane Frank, and for the record, I am Chinese-American, and I speak for myself and my neighborhood. I'm a native San Franciscan for 53 years. I was born in and live here in the Sunset in Forest Hill. I know for a fact my neighborhood will benefit from a highly regulated, safe place to purchase cannabis for both our medical and recreational needs. I patronize dispensaries regularly and know firsthand how safe they are and that their security can benefit the block. Cannabis dispensaries are heavily regulated in San Francisco. There are regulations on signage and no cannabis products are visible through windows. There is no way anyone under 21 is gaining access to a cannabis dispensary. Current California ideas required and security is very strict. And don't kid yourself, anyone under 21 who wants cannabis is going to get it on the street. By the way, we pay about 30% tax on cannabis dispensary purchases, which is very, very high and too expensive, actually. Uh, security is tight, and security guards I've spoken with are friendly and engaging. My 86-year-old mother takes CBD for stress and sleep at her doctor's recommendation. CBD and THC are helpful for sleep, stress, and appetite. And if you want to close all these websites from the NIH, the National Institute of Health, people experience a pleasant euphoria and sense of relaxation. Other common effects which may vary dramatically among different people, include heightened sensory perception, i.e. brighter colors, laughter, altered perception of time, and increased appetite. So there's really nothing dangerous from a bunch of um, cannabis consumers. And you can't actually consume it on the street. That's all. Okay, last call for public comment. If you're in the chambers, please come forward. If you're calling in remotely, you need to press star three to be added to the queue. If you're on WebEx, you need to raise your hand. So at this time, Jonas, I wanna just pause because I wanna give commissioners a break. I see there's like quite a number of hands went up online when you did the last call. I, I was did. trying to wait until we got through it all, but um, I'm concerned it'll just keep going on for a little bit longer um, than I anticipated. So we're going to do a 10-minute recess, and then we'll come back and finish the public comment and um, have the hearing. Okay. SFGov, you heard it, 10-minute recess. GovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
This meeting is being recorded. Okay. 
Good afternoon and welcome back to the San Francisco Planning Commission for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Commissioners, we left off under your special 2 p.m. calendar on item 13 for the property at 800 Terravel Street. Uh, members of the public, again, last call for public comment. I guess you scared everyone away. They lowered their hands. Oh, here they come. Let's start taking our remote callers. Go ahead, caller. Caller, it appears you are unmuted, but um, we don't hear anything. Hello? Yes, Sorry. there you go. Can you hear me now? Yes, okay, we sorry can. About that. Okay. Hi, this is Stella, and I'm akin to the opening of cannabis dispensary in this location. Many have already mentioned about the concern due to increase in easy drug access in the neighborhood, which might affect people and teenagers' health, ability to learn, increasing crime rates and violence in this high traffic area in the 800 block of a Terravel, which I completely agree and won't repeat. As a resident of the Levi neighborhood for over 20 years, I'm frustrated to see how we have made so many changes to make the neighborhood easy access to public transportation, minimize accidents by taking out parking spaces to replace the side, to replace with a sidewalk and island. But now we are doing the complete opposite to put the neighborhood in danger. Um, this, by putting more um, dispensary in the area, it makes it unsafe, more, di more congested, and, and for a little bit of tax money, we forgot about the, the future spending that you try to resolve the drug addict issues, the homelessness issues, as well as, um, uh, you know, like how kids are not, you know, maybe affecting with the education and there's like other issues that, that come in place. So I uh, hope the commissioners, as well as the others, to to carefully consider the decisions before allowing this to be opened. Thank you. Hi, dear commissioner. My name is Lisa. Uh, no cannabis dispensary uh, on 800. It is too, too close to school and children. And everyone knows there are so many online you can order from. In America, we always emphasize on privacy. So order online is much easier and you can get all the privacy you want. Um, up to now, much, much more residents speed up uh, or post this dispensary. I hope every one of you listen to our voice. Will you? I do understand someone needs it for medical use. So we can assign them to a doctor, Walgreens or CVS, etc. cetera. Uh, so we don't have, we don't have this, all these meetings to waste your time, my time, 
and tax taxpayers' money. Thank you. Say no to this uh, dispensary. Thank you. Okay, final last call for public comment. Again, you need to press star three to be added to the queue. If you're in the chambers and haven't spoken, please come forward. Hello, uh, I'm a 42-year-old. I was born and raised in San Francisco. I would love to have a cannabis club near me. I'm a business owner on West Portal. Uh, cannabis clubs have been a part of San Francisco for many, many years. It's ridiculous. I feel like it's very Karen-like to try to block anybody who's in trying to open up a business in San Francisco. So I vote yes on this. And uh, if you want to change something, stop voting for Democrats. Why don't we take the next caller? Go ahead, caller. Greetings, Council. My name is Jesse Pugash. I am a resident of the neighborhood. I am also a business owner. I have known Angel Davis uh, for 10 years, and I am calling in support of the Gold Mirror Project. I think that adding a dispensary to the neighborhood uh, brings value both to sick individuals and folks who'd like to access cannabis uh, responsibly for recreational purposes. I have sat here and I've listened to the objections of my neighbors. And while I respect their opinion and I agree with many of their objections to various uh, problems that the city has, um, that has no bearing on this here. Um, this will be uh, an addition to the neighborhood. It will not be any sort of uh, blight. It won't impact schools in any way. Um, if you look at actually the uh, benefit of and the placement of dispensaries throughout the city, it's actually been a net, uh, a net benefit uh, both to the community and to sick individuals. And I find the arguments uh, about um, this being negative for children or for drug addicts or homelessness, I find that baseless and scaremongering and frankly counterproductive to what we're trying to build as the city. So I, frankly, I think that even, even entertaining the notion of not putting this through is a waste of everyone's time. So I would ask my neighbors to please, please, um, Pay attention to, to what is actually happening in your neighborhood and recognize that this is not going to cause them any harm and will benefit everybody. Thank you so much. A caller there. Oh, um, 
I wanted to speak about opening up the cannabis dispensary in a neighborhood area. I just don't think it's a good fit. Again, the, the, it's a family-oriented place. We have schools nearby. We have after-school activities in the neighborhood. If they wanted to open a business such as this, I, I just think that there's a better location for it rather than on 17th Avenue or 18th Avenue. I mean, you say Taravel, but it's really on a residential street. I am against opening this dispensary in this location. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, Ming Chu. I'm a resident of San Francisco for over 40 years, and I live in the Sunset District. Um, you know, this is not about uh, whether marijuana um, is okay to be used. We're talking about marijuana for medic medicinal purposes, which is legitimate, but we're talking about recreational use marijuana for adults. Okay, so we're talking about the location, whether this is appropriate or not. And what we're hearing from the neighborhood is this is a family hub with many families and children that use it. And we're talking about adult use that's not appropriate in the neighborhood. Uh, we have to be honest. Do we need this at this location? No, we don't. We've got lots of locations in other places that have public transportation and lots of parking. Do we want it? No, you've heard the neighborhood overwhelmingly say, we don't want this. And to be honest, if you look at the elevation of the storefront, it's not on Terrellville, it's on the side street, a couple of feet away from a residential building. And this is a really a backdoor location. So it's not really supporting street retail uh, either. So let's be honest, a neighborhood doesn't want it, and I don't support it, and it shouldn't be there. Thank you. Again, you need to press star six to unmute yourself. Hi, this is Mayna Young. I am uh, a longtime San Franciscan. I have two kids, and I have family near the uh, Terrell um, location, 800 Terrell, and uh, they are school-age kids. And I would not want the kids to be uh, exposed to too many of these uh, drug um, locations. It's very bad influence for for our kids. I would much rather see uh, more constructive activities around the communities to um, to you know beat out the bad influences. So please reconsider and look for uh, more constructive activities for our kids and community. Thank you. Okay, final final last call. Okay, commissioners, we might 
have gotten to the end. I see no additional request to speak, so public comment is closed. This matter is now before you. Thank you. I just want to start out with a few comments and then open up to other commissioners. Um, certainly, obviously, a very important issue. We heard from a lot of folks today um, and heard from a lot of folks in the line and, and some in the room who are, are no longer here. I just want to start with a few things, and then I, I do want to note for the building owner, I will have a couple questions, I think. Is he still here over there? Okay, great. So when I get done... You know, one of the things that we heard a lot today was about kind of some of the, the fears around what cannabis could do in the dispensaries location in the neighborhood. And certainly some of those are rooted more in the challenges that we have in our city right now around homelessness, people using drugs, needles, um, you know, clean streets. Certainly those are challenges. Those are not caused by people using cannabis. Those are issues that are beyond um, the use of cannabis and, and certainly need to be addressed. And certainly we don't want to make it worse, but it's not my opinion that the cannabis dispensary itself will make it worse. And I'll also share, you know, I live in a building that is across the street from a dispensary, and we have a preschool in our building. And so I, I don't have kids of my own, but I can certainly understand wanting to think about the proximity of uses and sensitive uses is really important. One of the things that's really important and that even the Office of Cannabis is, is focused on is preventing exposure. So that has to do with signage, visibility. And so the visibility into the shop of the product um, is, is fairly limited, um, and you have to be able to get into the store to really see what's there, and especially the location of this particular dispensary on the second level, the visibility into the shop from a kid passing by is going to be, I would say, none to... I don't know how they would see it just passing by, right? So they could see the sign for this, this dispensary, but they wouldn't be able to see any of the products. So I hope that gives folks a little bit more confidence in just what is going to be physically happening. And the last thing I'm going to say is, you know, kind of going back to some of my earlier comments, when we think about the history of the war on drugs and even cannabis being outlawed and now becoming legal again, a lot of that is rooted in racism in our country, in specific and um, targeted laws that were targeting black Americans and Mexican Americans and prohibiting the use of cannabis. And even calling, calling it marijuana was used to, pr to, to promote it as a, a drug that's used by certain folks who are undesirable in our nation. And so um, by those who had power to make such laws at the time, which led to laws leading to incarceration for possession of marijuana, and that now we are trying to undo through our city's cannabis program and through our equity program to ensure that we can, you know, kind of try to turn back time. We can't totally do it, but make up for um, some of the errors um, in this nation. So I just want to say I think this is part of our city's uh, efforts at racial and social equity to consider and understand dispensaries. And, and part of our job here is to look at all the facts, look at all the, the issues, and to see if we can make the findings to grant the conditional use um, permit. So I just want to say I think we I heard a lot today that is still hearkening from those era of racism and of lies and kind of misinformation that was spread about cannabis that were then used and targeted to certain communities. And so I hope folks can um, get more information and really understand the history of where some of those ideas about what cannabis does um, to individuals came from. With that, I'd love to hear a little bit more from the store owner, um, Golden, Golden Mirror, about kind of how you see this fitting into your business, like both physically, maybe a little bit about how um, this partnership came to be, um, so we can understand a little bit about the dynamics that will happen at the space. So if you can come to the podium, that would be great. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Nina, Mike, and Angel, um, known them for over 20 years. Um, Nui, Angel's, or Nina's husband is my best friend. Um, 
Mike, I've known Mike for about 20 years. Uh, if you can coach. face the microphone, sir, it'll be a little easier okay. for us to hear you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, tennis coach and Angel, she's just a really good person. Um, I am the business owner and family's property owner of the Gold Mirror. We've been in business for 54 years. Um, yeah, it was just, this was an idea we had during COVID. And, uh, you know, I knew Nui was involved in a dispensary, and I approached Nui and said, hey, I have a space upstairs that I'm just using, you know, two or three times a week, and there's seven days in a week, and we only operate five days a week, so let's see if we could um, generate some business by making it into dispensary, and uh, um, so that's why we're here. Great, thank you. While you're here, I just want to ask, I know I see a couple commissioner hands up. Does anybody have a question for the property owner while he's up here? You do want to go ahead and ask your question. Yeah, thank you. Um, by the way, I just want to, um, I'm very familiar with your restaurant. Um, <laughs> thank I you. live around the area as well, and there are times that after planning commission, I go to your restaurant. Um, I'm the chef. <laughs> So I am. Um, I, I I do have questions in terms of the because I'm familiar there are parklets in okay. the restaurants as well, and I see that there are also um, there's a separate entrance which is on the side on 18th Avenue on the 18th Avenue. So what would happen to the parklets with these um, with with a separate up entrance? We'll dissolve a parklet and it'll be taken down. Mm. So you will um, remove the parklet. Remove or reorient. At yeah, the, reorient the, it, yeah. The parklets. Um, also, I am um, familiar with the second floor. Um, okay. And it looks like um, from the drawings that you have, it looks like there's going to be a wall. There's a wall, yes. Yeah, it's going to be a wall. And then I'm kind of curious in terms of the, the access to air or the ventilation in that in that restaurant. Because that restaurant is can get packed. It can get really packed. and. And can allow, but on the second floor as well, uh, you know, if this, is, if there's a wall, um, I see that there are. Um, well, there was um, a wall there. We remodeled about six years ago, and there was a wall there. There wasn't uh, a second egress from the top floor um, mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. So, the wall was taken down when we remodeled. It was in our plans. Okay, so it it will be put up. Um, yeah, it'll be built it, back up. And in terms for, I'm not sure if it's an equity applicant or you can answer. Um, again, what, um, every time there is a cannabis that, you know, that comes here, they um, they would give out the give good neighbor good neighbor policy in terms yes. of the security. Um, can you, I don't know, um, perhaps elaborate or describe your um, good neighbor policy? Um, can I ask one? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Angel has some information. Hi, everyone. Um, basically, for the good neighbor policy, we followed the guidelines of the Office of Cannabis and met all the requirements. Uh, we had a good neighbor meeting, and then I did four additional meetings where I came to the space on Saturday and Sundays and sat there from, I think, 11 to 2. Um, 11 to 2 in January or December? Time December. Is December, yeah. Time's been really weird for me lately. Um, at which point I think four neighbors came and checked out the space and asked questions and a lot of the concerns that I heard other than like about children or people that were curious was uh, about parking. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. that's something that 
you know, we had talked about with parklets and until that's like the biggest concern that I had heard. So they have the space next door and there's actually a little space like in front of the parklets. So we're like, oh, maybe people can park there and we just change the curb to like a 10 minute access zone. People can pre-order. Um, but just, you know, we, I feel really confident because of the way that our team operates now, like maybe three years ago before we opened, I wouldn't be able to say the things like with full confidence, but now like seeing the way our team is run and how we interact with our neighbors in Hayes Valley, um, just being given the chance, I know that we can do the same thing. Like we're always here to listen. Most of the neighbors have my phone number. They can just text me. Um, and we're just here to talk and like try to work together to show it's not such a bad thing. Like when you're there, it's, it's not everything I think people imagine it to be. I think, um, oh, thank you for your response. And I think for me, because I'm very familiar with that neighbor, and um, I know that in Gold Mirror, too, there are some drop-off, like drop-off delivery. Um, so I'm kind of like anticipating the kind of people that would, let's say, access the Green Mirror, whether they would just drop off or whether they would really need parking. I don't anticipate that they would need parking, but I'm wondering if that's what you're trying to target as well. Sorry, ma'am, if you oh, can yeah. wait till you get to the microphone. So Sorry, yeah, you, people do drive, because um, there's a lot of like people that actually walk and live in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. and the thing that I find interesting, having gone through this SE process many, many times, is that when people are okay with something, they don't, they're like, oh, that's cool, something's happening, and they stop there. They don't realize that mm -hmm. they should get involved and call and show support. Um, and with the parking, I think it's something that the city started where it's the intermittent or inner zone, parking where it's like delivery drivers and everybody can go in it's not like so that way it keeps double parking off the streets and it helps with like deliveries and drop like loading and dropping stuff off so that's probably what we're going to be applying for and that would be beneficial to like the neighboring like actually all the businesses in the neighborhood mm -hmm. i think those are my question for it but i will have more comments later Great. thank you thank you very much thank you. all right so we'll go to commissioner koppel imperial and then diamond so I just want to kind of reference uh, an existing location that we had similar um, comments to, um, and this is regarding the Irving Street store. Um, again, a lot of a lot of concerned residents coming in. Again, highly residential, very uh, predominantly Chinese neighborhood. Um, churches in opposition, and I drive by the place almost every day, and I, I think people are still demonizing the, these dispensaries. And if you look at it from just walking down the street, it's, it's just a store. It's a store that people go in and buy stuff and they leave. It's just a store like any other store on Irving Street or on Terraville. Um, and and don't, don't think that we rubber stamp all these. We, Commissioner Moore and I have been up here for every cannabis dispensary we've heard. And what we really look at is the operator. So we've, we've shot at least one down know of, of one and we weren't satisfied with the answers that the operator was giving us they did, had no experience they weren't able, able to answer simple questions and we didn't feel they were ready to run the business so we denied them so don't think that we're up here rubber stamping these um, even though they are legal and essential businesses but um, we do take the neighborhoods into account and and in all locations there haven't been incidents that, that certain people claim are going to happen, and it just hasn't happened. And so, uh, again, I'm, I feel really good that this is an existing, already operating operator that has experience in San Francisco, 
with good neighbor policies, with a neighborhood ambassador, it's, it's actually gonna make the neighborhood a little safer. So I'm in support. Um, and again, we're, we're liking to see these more spread out. They've historically been in the mission or in South America on the, in the Eastern neighborhoods. And we want to see them spread out evenly through the city if, if possible, so. Great, thank you. Commissioner Imperial. Yeah, um, and again, thank you for all the neighbors. Um, I'm also one of the neighbors because I live around the area. Um, here at the Planning Commission, there has, as what Commissioner Koppel has mentioned, there has been a lot of dispensaries approved in the South of Market, the Mission, the Bayview, North Beach, Marina area. And your concerns regarding, um, you know, the access to drugs, or as you call it, um, it's, um, it, again, hearkening in terms of the, I feel like I'm back in the 1980s when the, you know, the art campaigns against drugs. And I think we, it's really important and perhaps it's, pro I realize we, there sh this should be a part of our recommendation to the Office of Cannabis in terms of the education of marijuana in itself. Um, of course, there are some, you know, there, you know, just like alcohol, you, you need to use it in moderation as well. But in terms of the, the effect of um, of marijuana to, to the crimes, I think there has been data where it, it has been low effect. Um, so I think the big stigma is still real, and I think it's really also in whether it's planning department or the Office of Cannabis to have that education about marijuana in itself and include the drug of war, um, you know, the history of drug of war in, you know, many of disenfranchised communities as well. Um, for this particular project, um, I actually hope that it should be in the ground floor area. Um, I'm glad that you, know, that you have found a partnership with Gold Mirror. Um, in that, the 19th Avenue, there are some vacant retail areas over there. And I thought it would be more appropriate if this is more on the ground floor rather than on the second floor where um, it will be um, more noticeable, I would say. And at the same time, there would be more, more, uh, more noticeable security or, um, um, or any kinds of um, you know, uh, publishing. So I think for me, this is, um, you know, I think it would add to the community I think the fear of around community, community youth access, um, I think, again, that should be part of the education that I hope the, the also the, the, you know, the equity applicant probably part of your good neighbor policy as well. Um, so I'm f in full support of this. Um, and so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Imperial. Commissioner Diamond. Thank you. Um, I wanted to make a couple of general observations and then had one suggestion for a word change to one of the conditions. Um, so the uh, heartfelt arguments that we heard today are very similar to the arguments we've heard from residents in neighborhoods all over the city. Um, families with kids live all over the city and all of them are concerned about proximity to preschools and youth activities and children who walk by 
Um, and we are making a concerted effort as a city to ensure that cannabis shops are not concentrated in any one part of the city, but that they are spread in an equitable manner throughout the city. We have rules around buffer zones, um, and the city in its wisdom, wisdom um, has chosen not to have preschools as part of that consideration. So I recognize there are preschools across the street, but that's not within the rules um, that uh, we are following at the moment. I will say there, there is one concern that was raised today, though, and it is a concern I raised the last time uh, we had this, which is when it's just a store, um, which is what it's supposed to be, you know, like a store like any other store. Um, but I do have a concern when people leave the store and start smoking on the streets, which is illegal. And in response to that, last time we added a condition um, which appears to now, um, I'm glad to see being added as a standard condition, which is condition 14, which is that at the point of the transaction, the clerks in the stores need to remind the purchasers that they are not permitted to smoke um, when they leave the stores. At the time um, that I raised this issue, this issue, I had also suggested that it would be helpful to have a sign as you leave the store that reminded people that you can't smoke on the streets and not to do that. And I think it would be helpful if we added that language into condition 14. Um, I'd like to ask staff if they might have some proposed language um, that you could read to the commission or suggest to the commission so we could see if there's general agreement about adding that to condition 14. Because I, I do think that's a legitimate concern. Um, and we need to make sure that people who are purchasing cannabis are made aware right at that point in time that they can't leave the store and smoke in the neighborhood. Yeah, we um, do not have language at the moment. We could add something if you have anything specific in mind, such as adding after informing customers and adding visible signage. Yeah. Visible Something's signage, you know, as you exit the store. I think that's, I don't want it to be at the back of the store as you leave. I'd like there to be another reminder. Okay, so, so just add those words and visible signage? Yeah. Okay, great. So that, that I would uh, be supportive of this with that amendment to the condition. So I guess I'll put a motion out there to approve um, this cannabis store with the conditions as proposed with the modification regarding signage that was just read into the record by staff. Second. Okay, Commissioner Braun and Commissioner Moore. I just want to share a few small comments, but um, you know, I've, I've also witnessed the growth of these cannabis stores in the neighborhoods in which I've lived and seen that when they're responsibly operated, um, they have a very minimal impact on the conditions in the neighborhood and that they eventually very quickly really um, bl just blend into the landscape of the retail stores. And I've never actually purchased a product at a cannabis store, but uh, I walk right by them and barely even notice that they're there, and they don't really um, seem to cause much trouble. And I also take heart in the fact um, for some of the concerns raised about um, children being exposed. You know, these stores are, when again, when responsibly operated, uh, it's not like children can go into these stores. It's not like there are large advertisements on the outside of them. Um, so I am not uh, concerned about the the impacts of the store and. I, uh, I think that what's unique about this one um, is that it is on the second floor, which means to me the street presence of this store is likely to be even um, smaller than usual. Now, I, I do kind of wish the presence was on Terrible Street, 
but even so, uh, it's going to be an especially small addition to the streetscape, and people are going to really have to know that it's there to um, to come to the store. So I, I think there's a lot of um, pluses to this, and I do support the the amendment uh, for the additional signage, though. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Moore. Uh, having participated in uh, discussions about dispensaries for uh, quite a few years, uh, I think that when we come to our more outlying neighborhoods, the opposition is stronger and more verbal with larger numbers of people showing up. And I do appreciate your taking a stand. I do appreciate your reflecting on what's in front of us. However, when you really think, think more deeply about equity and opportunities for all, there are always two sides to the story. There's also a totally in support, and there's an equal number totally against. And we sit here to deal with rules which actually, actually apply equally to all. The, the place in which it occurs is coincidental because the location is already regulated and considered by many factors that we just have to accept as base conditions. That is distance from schools, that is distance from here and there and everywhere including distance from dispensaries from each other, which when you spend enough time up here making decisions in the larger context of the city, we sometimes are really challenged by dispensaries only being minimally separated by what is the maximum minimum distance. And that's when it gets complicated, and that's why we do have neighborhoods in the city which are seriously stressed by having too many dispensaries in too close a distance. I'm not sure if you all have had the opportunity to look at the distribution of dispensaries across the city. Uh, in some areas, we have a significant burden on the entire population where things are just a little bit too close to comfort. But let me jump to another topic. This is in my entire career as a second dispensary, which is on a second floor. The majority of dispensaries are on the ground floor. And if I would imagine, given the opposition I heard from you today, and it's very much appreciated, if this dispensary would be on the ground floor in your neighborhood, I think you would be more opposed than what is actually here in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to be very clear about that. This particular dispensary will be hard, hardly noticeable, and people who know about it will go there and do what they need to do, and that is their choice, and that is legal in the state of California. But for you, as a general bypasser, as my fellow commissioners also said, you will hardly notice it. Uh, I'm not making an excuse, but I believe that tucking it away in this neighborhood is indeed most likely the best way of doing it. Um, the one question I had um, is that I don't quite understand the circulation. Uh, of how that is going to work. Is the architect here and is the operator here? In most, uh, in most dispensaries, in all dispensaries, we always have a person on the ground floor uh, who is watching the coming and goings, including no standing around in front of the uh, dispensary, no uh, consumption as we will be adding in our conditions, that particular question does not seem to be clear for me in this particular application, and nobody has talked about to it, to that subject matter. Could you please perhaps 
uh, explain it and see how that could happen. So you're curious about where the neighborhood ambassador would be doing checking people in? Yeah, okay. where is the person who kind of watches the door? Yeah, so the way the entrance is set up now is there's a stairwell and then there's an ADA. On your A2.0, that was passed out today? If you want to describe oh, yeah. the So there's the stairwell and then there is the um, ADA access point. And I feel like, I wasn't sure, I've been hearing a lot of back and forth about where the ambassadors should be. Like some people want them outside and some people want them within the space. So we're open to like suggestions and discussion of where the best place it would be. Like, cause they could be in the middle point to greet where both parties would come up and there would be somebody at a podium cause it doesn't take a lot of space. And at that point they would check people in and allow them to go into the rest of the space. Sorry, or if you would prefer they, them being outside. Would the person, the person either would be outside, outside of the doors or at the top of the stairs yeah. and lift area? Yeah. I'm glad you pulled the door inside. It was originally a door that opened to the outside, which has other kind of consequences with public works, but that was changed. So I'm glad to see that. Otherwise it would be an encroachment on the sidewalk, a discussion I had with staff this morning. Uh, and said if that really works, you need a public works permission for uh, encroachment on a public sidewalk. It, the original set we had was an outswinging door. Mm -hmm. This is now an inswinging door where I think the checkpoint would be easier to do. However, I think you should speak to that, including cameras which we have on other buildings, so that we indeed making this, this operation as transparent and as fortified as we are doing, and not fortified in terms of uh, Right, it is not just kind of like everybody can walk in, hi, how are you doing? You have mm -hmm. to basically prove that you are allowed to go there and that we're doing it in a manner that gives the surrounding neighborhoods the comfort that they are well taken care of. Yeah, we've had our ambassadors when we first opened our space in Hayes Valley, they were a little bit more official looking and some of the neighbors are like, oh, that seems like a lot. So we talked to our service, like pr a provider that does that for us and like uh, people are dressed down like, and now at this point they know the names of every neighbor that walks by some people just come and don't even come to the shop. They just come hang outside and talk to the, the people greeting everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so that person's also a very important person for us because that's the first point of contact. And we want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and safe, especially if it's something new for them. And then we're assuming that that person would also ha help a person in a wheelchair yes. uh, to access the uh, lift here yeah. and it would be kind of like a smooth unencumbered uh, moment of transition from the outside to the yeah, inside. Yeah, because I would imagine we would probably easily have like a screen that would be able to allow them to see people coming from both sides so that way they could even greet somebody if they felt like somebody was having a problem or like looked a little lost mm -hmm. um, and they can just come outside and say hi and show them, like check them in and show them upstairs. Okay. I think those were my questions. I believe that it's doable. Uh, I think ultimately the success of the operation will lie in how you are interacting with the community. Yeah, and uh, in yeah. reference to Commissioner Diamond's point too, uh, right now um, we have signs all over the place about not smoking. We have neighbors across the street and um, they're pretty vigilant. Everybody's really involved in Hayes Valley. And then even with cigarette smoking, we actually tell people like not to do that in the alley because you don't know it's hard to tell what's what. And because of the dispensary, we've actually had less cigarette smoking um, because we're able to enforce that. Like, and if somebody doesn't, we just take them off the list and they're allowed to come back in because we have like a record of everybody that comes in and out. Um, and then even littering, like we've gone after people if they litter, like we know our customers well enough at this point to be like, 
I know you threw this on the ground and give it back to them and they'll they always apologize they don't realize like if something like that does happen and with any other business I've worked with or open like I've never been able to do that um, so it, it, yeah we do have a lot of signs and we plan on operating the same way on uh, 18th Avenue in Terraville thank you Commissioner Dime you have some more yeah I, I where were you finished with your comments no there's actually one co Sorry. comment and that is basically the um, uh, charity component that we often ask about uh, this particular application did not talk about it would you mind talking about it um, I do just got a nonprofit for tennis that way I can help the kids in my community with tennis and I also work with an after-school program with them in the community so yeah. Uh, I wanted to actually ask about the operation of the dispensary. We have many dispensaries who talk about a charity component where they are allowing neighbors of lesser means or uh -huh. veterans who have medical conditions to help with a certain kind of price break or whatever. I just yeah, remember that those discounts. discussions occurred in the past, and uh, I have not heard that here. Nina can speak to that point. And then we also are heavily involved with the Hayes Valley Neighbor Association and Merchants Association. Um, we always sponsor like this little Volkswagen like Christmas van to take photos during the holiday fair. And anytime they need anything from both us and like our wine bar, we try to donate as much as we can, even including if they need a space to meet. Like it's always open to everybody, and we have plenty of um, discounts for. Access well, I think it would be in this particular neighborhood great to find something which really addresses the neighborhood, their concerns, and their particular needs. I think to leave that open, I'm not going to pin you down to what it exactly is, but to be open that this neighborhood, like any other neighborhood, may have a specific need and a specific accommodation that need to be made, I would like you to be open to that because there is hurdles to be overcome here. It was very clear in the testimony but you leave yourself open to something, uh, that is what I'd like to see. Yeah, absolutely, we're open to it. I think so many people are here because they really care, and you know, we are here to address and help every way that we can. Um, right now, currently in operations, we do have um, veterans discount. Um, we also have, we're a part of the Compassion Project, that um, donates to those in need. Um, and we support um, other equity brands um, within our store as well. And um, yeah, thank you. Great, thank, thank you. Thank you for, for just, just saying, uh, speaking to that but matter. I just wanna say one thing. I'm definitely open to working with the community and seeing what they wanna see in the cannabis store, what they don't wanna see, because I think that'll make it work even better. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you saying that. Thank, thank you. you. Commissioner Diamond. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble hearing today because of the translators, which are obviously oh, yeah, very useful, but there's, the background um, is causing me not to be able to hear exactly the point that Commissioner Moore raised that I care very deeply about, which is where is the community ambassador standing? Is that person going to be at the street level, I hope, and not up above? Because what I heard them saying is that they were deciding and they were open to our direction, uh, whether the person was at the top or on the street level. What I'll say, I don't know, and I don't know, uh, Ms. Alexander, if you know this, like if, if the person downstairs is one thing, if they're setting up like a 
stand or something, then there's like a whole other thing. Um, and I, I don't know. But, but the yeah. issue I have is just um, is the eyes on the street and having somebody down there and, you know, whether they're in the doorway or outside the doorway is not quite as important to me, but having them down there so that they can see if people are littering and if they're smoking and can regulate people walking, you know, before they even get up the stairs. So uh, I don't know whether the exact location is inside or outside, but I do care it's on the ground floor where they actually can see on the street. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a cannabis shop that opened up a few doors down from my house um, a number of months ago, and the guy stands in front, and he's great. It adds incredible security to the street because um, it isn't just a guy. Sometimes it's a woman that, um, you know, but is eyes on the street and is similar. regulating the activity and very friendly, but um, I believe that's a really wonderful feature um and you know can you just confirm they're going to unless that's different than what you said commissioner Moray. i think commissioner Moore asked the question of where they were and I they were saying that they, they were not decided yet where yeah, the person we, was we thought be. we couldn't have people on we had heard like conflicting things so actually we'd prefer to have somebody like actually on street level um and then because we heard, I guess, how it impedes like the sidewalk, but they don't necessarily need a stand. It's just like an iPad screen that they can have attached to them. And but maybe if it's cool to have like a stool, because it's a lot of hours for somebody to sit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that probably happens but, all know, over I mean, the place. Or like, yeah. A, yeah, that's that's probably something that we would hopefully right. would be okay with to do that. So it's a question for staff. You know, is this regulated where the community or ambassador actually stands? No. Thanks for that question, Commissioners. Matthew Chandler, department staff, here representing on behalf of uh, the department as the liaison with the uh, Office of Cannabis and the Cannabis Permitting. Um, so, I mean, overall, they can stand on the street if directed to or if that's uh, desired. Um, I believe there has been some direction based on the uh, kind of location um, in past for past projects, but there's nothing that would particularly prohibit them from standing on the streets. And then also just want to mention that there is also the um, Office of Cannabis has that permanent, as part of the permitting process, they will have a, um, a uh, security plan that will be reviewed and then um, okay. opined on by the Fine. Uh, police that, department. That's okay. Uh, I just wanted to express, express a strong preference that it you know, be at the street level, not the second floor level, because no. it hasn't come up before since I've been here. Yeah, Thank I, would you. I would support that. I think I see a lot of nodding from this commission to have that be part of the security plan, which sounds like that's a coming uh, phase of your application. So we would look to see um, see someone at the ground floor there at the entrance ways. Okay, we have a motion. I don't see any other commissioner hands up, and I think we're ready to vote. Very good, commissioners. There is a motion that has been seconded to approve the project with conditions as amended to include uh, a signage condition as read into the record by staff uh, with a recommendation that the uh, ambassador be at the street level. On that motion, Commissioner Braun? Aye. Commissioner Ruiz? Aye. Commissioner Diamond? Aye. Commissioner Imperial? Aye. Commissioner Koppel? Aye. Commissioner Moore? Aye. And Commissioner President Tanner? Aye. So moved, commissioners, that motion passes unanimously seven to zero. And concludes our All right. somewhat brief hearing today. All right, we are adjourned. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.